Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dad Lab Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. On today's episode in the news desk, we have a story about death by candy, secret man caves, and high-speed police chases. We're back with another edition of Mount Rushmore, where we put our all-time favorite cookies up on the mountain. We have another Pick Your Poison for for you this week. We suffered through the sequel to Three Ninjas this week in our movie review with Three Ninjas Kickback. We'll recap some action from the NFL Week 3 and talk some Dallas Stars sadness in the Stanley Cup. We have all that and more on this episode of the Dad Lab. Before we get started, uh, if you could do us a favor if you haven't done it yet, could you please rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts? It really helps when we're trying to get this thing to grow. Um, and you can follow us on social media at, at the Dad Lab Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions or comments, you can leave us a leave us an email on the Dad Lab Pod at gmail.com. So what's been going on, man? It's been a tough sports week for DFW. Yeah. Stars couldn't get it done in the Stanley Cup. Cowboys couldn't get it done in Seattle. And the Rangers couldn't lose enough to get the number one pick. So all of it just came crashing down and just, you know, just breaking my heart and then come home today and find out I married a monster when... How so? (laughs) I got home first and... For some reason, I was just craving like a hot dog. You know, I wanted something quick and easy because I had to watch that movie for us. So I just grilled up like two quick hot dogs. Claire gets home with Elizabeth. For some reason, she thinks the hot dogs just smell fantastic. So she wanted to make some. So I'm sitting down watching the movie, you know, taking notes. And then she comes and sits down next to me with two hot dogs, plain. But she has a pile of ketchup on her plate and a fork. And I'm looking at her like, what are you doing? Have you ever eaten a hot dog before? And she's like, yeah, I mean, we don't eat hot dogs all the time. She's like, yeah, this, this is how I eat them. You know, I eat them with a fork and I dip them in the ketchup like you know a what, fucking it, weirdo. Is it in a bun? The 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 hot dog. Oh, yeah. Everything okay. else is fine. It's just the condiments were on the side. So it was a That's dry weird. hot dog in a bun. And I'm like, yeah, like put it on the hot dog like a normal person. And she's like, no, this is how I always do it. And she goes, oh, and you know what I forgot? Miracle Whip. I have to put Miracle Whip all over this hot dog. Ugh, and I was just like, freak. what the fuck, man? I've been with you for almost 14 years and I'm just now realizing these psychopathic tendencies you have eating hot dogs with a fork and dipping them and slathering it in Miracle Whip and then dipping it in ketchup. So I just sat in disbelief. That like, is like the disgusting cousin of like dipping your fries in mayonnaise. Like She, we- she would do that, man. She, she loves Miracle Whip. Okay. Quick side note, this is going to sound weird, but my family growing up, when we would have tacos, like just, you know, ground beef with like hard tacos, soft hey, tacos. White people tacos. White people tacos. Yeah. So very generic. We would always put Miracle Whip in our tacos. And I thought that was like my family thing. What? It's a weird, I know, so I actually got her down this path, but that's it. I put it on tacos, which is weird, We've but been... I don't, I don't go to like on the border and be like, Hey homie, bring me some Miracle Whip over here. Like I'm a normal person in public, but when I'm in the confines of like confines of the con house, but when we're at, you know, my parents' house or something like we put, you got salsa, guacamole, sour cream, Miracle Whip, and everyone lathers up their tacos and Miracle Whip. So I'm a bit of a freak as well, but you don't put it on a hot dog and you don't eat second. it with a fork. Wait a second. No, you don't put Miracle Whip on tacos. 
I know y'all can't see me because it's an audio podcast. He's I'm, ready to fight. I'm shaking my head at Andrew. Like, we've been friends over five years now, and I'm just now... Side side story, I'm, I'm friends with a freak. Yeah, well, how the turntables, because this all started <laughs> talking about Claire, and now it's quickly on oh me. Oh, my God. Okay, maybe I should have let that one, like... Just keep it inside. Keep it, keep it, yeah, like, bury that deep down. But, or hey, taco, maybe, taco 9 next week, man. You coming? Maybe I need to be more open-minded yeah, and try, try some... Because, you know, Dude, I, th- I, I thought know. it was weird when people would dip, like, french fries in a Frosty at Wendy's until I tried it. That's a classic move, though. And... I doubt there's many people out there putting... Oh, dude, it's a minuscule group. We are we are a shameful, small group of weirdos. It's like... Because talk, tacos can't get any wider than the hard shell, ground beef, you know... Basically it. You know, My mom would put up, like, cheese, lettuce, tomato, tomatoes, but, yeah. yeah, that is it. And then we have to go... And, and then it would be... Instead of, like... Good, it would be like the pace, pace chunky yeah. salsa, not like the stuff me or you make. Right, not legitimate. Yeah, it was very white people, but man, you just like what you like. That is shocking. Like I'm legitimately shocked. <laughs> He's out of here, dude. <laughs> this may be the last one <laughs> until you try it, man. Just I, yeah, okay. I, I may go mayonnaise though, because like maybe See, it's not I'm... too far of a step from like crema. You know, like. I'm just Mexican. not a man. I'm not a mayonnaise guy. I'm a Miracle Whip. Well, Lauren likes uh, Miracle Whip on like ham sandwiches. Oh, and that's it's completely weird. normal. That's yeah, weird. no, no, no. But, it's not weird compared to what I'm talking no, about. No, but she likes mayonnaise on like others. Like if it's turkey or roast beef or something, she'll do mayonnaise. But if it's ham, she's got to go Miracle Whip. And I grew up on Miracle Whip, so yeah, yeah, as an too. adult, I don't want to. I don't want to touch it. But I may be willing to try the taco thing. Just I don't want to be, you know, so closed off. And, <laughs> and you don't have to, like, lather the taco. Just get, like, a little dollop on a bite for me and see what you okay. think. Okay. So, All to right. be continued. I'll... But, yeah, that turned quickly <laughs> right into my face. <laughs> I'll give you if, I'll give you feedback next uh, next time we have tacos. And we're probably going to lose all the remaining handful of listeners we have after this. But Hopefully Troy doesn't leave us. Troy, I think, I think our, Troy's our, our super fan, guy. Troy. Troy's going to Tro- always be listening, I think. Troy, write in or check in with us on Twitter or Instagram or our email and let us know uh, if you're a Miracle Whip guy and if you agree with the taco thing. Cause just I'm, just for the record, for people who can't see me, I'm extremely white. So that's an extremely white guy thing to do. Yeah, the ultimate white guy move. Um, well, my week has been boring. Um, again, wallowing in Dallas sports fan uh sorrow but i'm getting i have a lot of experience i'm getting used to it you know oh, the, growing up we got spoiled and i was really kind of i was on the cusp i was really too young to appreciate it i mean i was watching football but it wasn't like i'm watching and i could appreciate it like i do or would now mm-hmm. um but it's just it's been i have plenty of experience between the rangers losing two award series uh, the Cowboys, you know, their championship drought. Just ineptitude is, with the Cowboys. Yeah. Mavericks were up 2 nothing in the third quarter of 06. And well, they redeemed themselves that. in 11. So Still, you know, though, that one really fucking hurt. Up 2 nothing. Championship drought series. is going on nine years now. So, yeah, uh, shout but out yeah. Mavericks. Week's been just really boring. Work, family stuff. Um Fall exploded in my house. The wife goes crazy. She's decorated for fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, saw, so it's we're, it, we're getting there though. We're, we're we're trying to go to the store and we're gonna do it too. I'm more of an interior decorator when it comes to like Halloween and fall. I don't do the like, the blow up no. ridiculous stuff and like the spooky spider webs across my. Cause I'm walking into that every day. I get home from work. You know. I don't want to take it off. <laughs> yeah, like, and I don't want to mess with it. it. So I like we're gonna. She wants pumpkins for the outside, and then we just get like. 
you know, subtle decorations for the inside. But the trick is pick that shit up November 1st for like half off and just load up for next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we always say. Like we need to just load up one year. So we're going to pay full price until after this Halloween. And then, so next year, man, it's going to be spook, spooktacular at our house. Yeah. My wife does that. And Landry's the age now to where he is getting into that stuff. So he likes likes to decorate. Yeah. Around the house. So he, he helped her um, put all the stuff up. Yeah. It's fun. Um, don't want to bring the podcast down too much, but uh, today is September. We're recording on September 30th, and it's the eight-year anniversary of my mom's passing. So oh, September 30th is now it's it's more of a day where I can kind of reflect, and it's not so, you know, it's not such a down day. You know, I've kind of learned how to deal with it, and we kind of, you know, it's a good day to think back on her and, and uh, kind of reflect and think about all the good times, but... Yeah, September 30th there for a long time was a shit day. But, yeah, man. But yeah, so she's been gone eight eight years ago today. Um, but I'm sitting here podcasting and it's all good. And on International Podcast Day, nonetheless. Yeah, which I didn't find out until this afternoon. I had no idea. I saw something early last week that it was coming up, but it just totally slipped my mind. They but just... It, they just slid it into like NPR and I listened to it like in Happy National Podcast Day and I was like, well, and it just happened that, that we were going to record today anyway. So it worked out, man. Um, so let's get to the news desk. And like I said in the open, our first story takes us to Massachusetts, and I'm reading a po- I'm reading a story from the New York Post, and the headline reads: Massachusetts man dies from eating excessive amount of black licorice. Uh, and it continues, a Massachusetts man died last, last week from eating an excessive amount of black licorice, doctors said Wednesday. The unusual case was reported in New England, in the New England Journal of Medicine, detailing how the man consumed a bag and a half of the candy every day for two weeks prior to his death. Licorice contains glyceric acid, which could deplete potassium levels and contribute to heart rhythm problems, doctors explained. Even a small amount of licorice you can eat. Uh, you eat can increase your blood pressure a little bit, said Dr. Neil Butala, a cardiologist at Massachusetts General Hospital, who described the case in the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, the man collapsed and died. He collapsed in a fast food restaurant. So <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, obviously, this guy wasn't doing a whole lot of clean living. I um, mean, if you die of black licorice poison in like a McDonald's, then yeah, you get what you fucking deserve. Something, Eating yeah, something wasn't right. Get the fuck out of um, He died the next day, though, so doctors discovered they had dangerously low potassium, which led to heart rhythm and other problems. Um, the FDA warns that eating only two ounces of black licorice a day for two weeks could lead to an irregular heartbeat. Um, but for Twizzler fans across the nation, like myself, uh, the spokesman for that company has already came out and said that all their products are safe to eat and were formulated in full compliance with FDA. So, if you're eating like true black licorice, they say to do it in moderation. But this guy didn't. I, I honestly, like, you kind of had that coming. Black licorice is disgusting. It's fucking vile, man. I, I can't even look at it. You're like... eating a bag and a half a day? Wait, fucking shit pig is eating a bag and a half of black licorice a day. <laughs> I don't know. What man, a but... shit pig, man. Like I said, get what you deserve. That was a joke. If that's the way you want to go out, I guess with a with a bag of black licorice in your pocket and 
Hey, sounds like Tum Tum finally grew up. So it sounds like <laughs> this is what happened to Tum Tum from yeah, Two Ninjas. We found out what happened to Tum Tum, and that was a joke. He, obviously, I don't want anybody to die, but I mean, come on, get get some better tasting candy. There's so many more options. Yeah, so As we'll many find more. out later when we do a Mount Rushmore of candy bars. Yeah, we'll do a Mount Rushmore of candy bar. We'll do a Halloween blowout special, and we'll do our our. Mount and Rush Mount Rush and Black Licorice wouldn't even no. be in South Dakota on my Mount Rushmore. No, it's not even on the same planet. Yeah, it's buried at the Earth's core. So that moves us on to our next one. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, we should say RIP to that man. Yeah, yes, condolences course. to his family, but of course. disgusting. Somebody should have stepped in, though. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you man. got a problem, dude. I see that bag in your pocket and that bag in your hand. Like, let's hey, talk about this. While they're sitting in, like, the Burger King drive-thru, like, come on, man. Toss a salad in every now and again. I don't... Oh. I'm not the model of health, but like, come on. Hey, this is America. And that's the beauty, beautiful <laughs> part of it is that we can, if you want to kill yourself with black licorice, you can. <laughs> All right. So that moves us to uh, New York. And I'm reading this story from NBCSanDiego.com. The headline reads, Secret Man Cave Discovered Below Grand Central Platform and Three Subway Workers Busted. So, the story reads, at least three MTA employees secretly turned a storage room below one of the platforms at Grand Central Terminal into a private man cave, complete with a futon, TV, exercise equipment, a fridge, and beds, the agency's inspector general said Thursday. So, these guys were just having full-on bro time at work yeah and they i would think they'd probably have to like coordinate this because how else you can get a futon down and they had to probably go down on their day off and like manually you know like meet up load up a truck take it down there like they knew what they were doing they had goals and aspirations and they made that shit come true so continuing with the article it says according to the report the few select workers used the room to quote hang out and get drunk and party according to the attorney general's office, the secret lair below track 114 was hidden behind a locked door inside of a larger storage room. So they had, you know, they had it tucked away. So you, it sounds like you had to go through a door and then go back to another door. And then there it was. Um, but it, it, I'm looking at pictures right now and I'll post some of these on our Instagram. It's a sweet little, sweet little spot. They've got a flat, they've got a wall mounted TV, <laughs> flat screen, wall mounted TV. Um, they've got internet down there. I see what looks like a PlayStation. They've got a fridge. They've got beds. Hell yeah. It's like basically what you would do to your garage. Yeah, it's it's a man cave. But exactly. you're doing it at work. Getting paid. Getting dude, paid man. to party. So my only question is, who snitched on them? Does you know, it... it doesn't say. Oh, um, somebody knew about it and like Steve didn't get invited back. And you know, he went to HR and ratted them out. Okay, here it is. Station management told investigators they were not aware of the room. They were not aware the room even physically existed, much less how it was being used. Oh, Metro North security manager did not have a working key for the room, and the supervisor of the locksmith shop, who was not a licensed locksmith, could not <laughs> access the room because only actual locksmiths had access. Uh, and then it says uh, the three employee, the three employees, a wireman, a carpenter foreman, and an electrical foreman, have been suspended without pay, pending resolution of disciplinary cases. Let them just chill in the man cave until they figure it out. Yeah, lock them in there. Why not? That's not a punishment for them. But there are those days at work you just wish you could just like slip away. Hell yeah! And you had that's what I did all the time. Like when I worked retail, I'd slip away to the back room. 
Yeah. I just wouldn't have a PlayStation to play, but I just... Or, you know, a 20-minute dump. <laughs> Sounds about right. Once a day. That's right. <laughs> Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. That's exactly. What, I think that's what, that, how that I saying think, goes. I think, I think they had a banner with that inside their man cave, actually. <laughs> Instead of like a live, laugh, love, they had that sign up. <laughs> but touche to these guys sticking it to the man. Oh, yeah. And the, my only regret is I couldn't be there with them to watch a game. Yeah, it sounds like an ultimate hangout spot. Badass, yeah. You know, if these guys were married, they sneak the side chick down there. They got a <laughs> they got a little love pad down there. I don't know if that happened. I don't want to put any more, you know, I don't want to put any more shame on these guys. Uh, but let's go to our last uh, our last story. And basically, pooping led to a high speed chase. So, 28 year old Emily Owings led an Enid PD officer on a wild ride last week after he stopped her for not wearing a seatbelt and immediately and immediately gave a bunch of excuses uh, once she realized kind of this, the predicament she was in. So at first she told her, she told the officer that it was her birthday. But then right after that, she was like, I have to poop. <laughs> Which I've used that excuse you know, to get out of certain situations. Oh, or, I always use the diary excuse. I've used the diary excuse to get out of work because nobody Every questions. No. Nobody questions diarrhea. They hear the D word and they're like, "Oh yeah, just stay home. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring, don't, don't bring that in here." But we actually have some audio. Uh, we have some audio. They, uh, we have the uh, body cam footage of the incident. So let me pull that up. Great radio. Let me pull that up license is suspended why i don't know no i didn't know that okay i don't know but since i had to run your license since you don't have it with you came back suspended and now i'm waiting to see if you have warrants through woods county and where do you think i was going man huh it's my fucking birthday Well, listen to me, okay? Calm down. If they don't, if they don't end up extraditing you for the warrants, I'm just going to cite and release you. You just need to call you a ride. Are you serious? Nobody's going to come get me right now. The poop. We need you to let me go. Because I know your license is suspended. I'm sorry, I didn't know it was. I won't drive no more. But can I please go home and go poop? You know, you probably would have got your. Uh, you probably would. Oh, buffering. More great radio. More great radio. And it was just getting to the good point. It was I just love, getting to the she, good uh, part. Starts the engine up. Alright, here we go. I'm Officer Ryan. I guess he's told you what's going on. If I can get you to step out of the vehicle for me. Are you gonna arrest me? You're under arrest, yep. Are you kidding me? Why? You have you have warrants for Woods County and they're coming to get you. No, they're not. Ma'am. Get out of the vehicle now! Step out now! Step out of the car now! Charges to county charges. You could have already been on your way to jail. Yeah, not pooping. Get in the car. 
man. At first, when I heard this, I thought, or when you were telling me about this story, I thought she was just using a poop excuse to like get out of it. But she was so adamant about having to poop. Can I go poop? When can I go poop? I think she really just had to take a big dump. But <laughs> yeah, when she started that engine and said "fuck you guys" and took off, and then you just hear the cops running, engines uh, starting, sirens blaring. So and. You can you can look this up in the videos out there. So if you want to watch the video, but when they when they finally when she finally stops, they have guns drawn the whole nine yards. Oh yeah, it, it'll escalate quick when you act like that. Yeah, yeah. She was going seventy and a thirty through a school zone, blew through a four way stop. She's gonna be so many fucking charges for that. Like but you to, said, but to nobody's surprise, they found a meth pipe with meth in the truck. Um, some yeah, that's, other char- that's a felony. Some other on charges: else. eluding, uh, eluding, and in, in reckless driving, possession of drug paraphernalia um and speeding in a school zone and a bunch of other stuff but man the best part she's like i have to poop and he's like where do you think i was going <laughs> i like how that was a relatable moment for him yeah he was like, like trust me i would rather be dropping this dude too but you hey, were sister, but you're not wearing a seatbelt, so we gotta take care of you're this. not the only one who's got to <laughs> poop okay oh man all right so that's gonna take us to our mount rushmore segment and like I mentioned in the opening, we are going to do our Mount Rushmore on our favorite cookies. And we're going store-bought cookies. And I'm going to throw in a disclaimer real quick. I excluded Oreos and Chips Ahoy from my list. Because those to me are, if something's higher than Mount Rushmore, those are just a given for me. Oh, well. And I'm a fat kid, so I... I included you to the details. I, I included four more that I love. So you what? Well, you you said store bought. Yeah. So obviously, like I didn't include like my wife's chocolate chip oatmeal. Oh, cookies. but my wife buys a bag and just mixes it up and bakes it. Right. I was going more the variety or you know the specific one. So I don't know. I'm gonna let you go first just to see where your head's at, and I'll go next. Okay. So my starting with my first one, Nutter Butter. Oh, hell yeah. Now, there's two different varieties of Nutter Butter. The one that's like shaped like a peanut. Yeah. That's like the peanut butter cookie with the peanut butter filling. The delicious classic. Yes. And then they also have wafers that come like, they're like long like wafers and they come three to a pack and they're broken up. They kind of look like a, uh, like a Hershey bar where they're divided up into squares huh. and you can like break them off. And they're, they're like wafer cookies filled with peanut butter cream. But they're still Nutter Butter brand. I've never. I always get the peanut butter one or go the to, uh, peanut peanut shaped ones. Go to Walmart. There, next time you're at Walmart, go down on the cookie aisle and you'll see like the cookie, like the peanut shaped ones, and mm-hmm. then like right below on the next shelf, you'll see the wafer kind. They're killer. They're really good. Nice. Uh, my next one is the Keebler, the Elf Fudge, like Damn. the little, you know, elf shaped ones with the no, just the. Like the vanilla cookie oh, with, the, with chocolate the chocolate inside. In the, in the middle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The little sandwich cookies. They're shaped like elves. Um, my third is the Pepperidge Farm, the Montauk milk chocolate. They're in like the little You're getting bags. so specific. Mine's going to be way more boring than this. That's okay. It's your list. That's the beauty of it. It's your list. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the little, you know, the Pepperidge Farm cookies, they all come in like yeah, the those little are bags. Fancy. Yeah, yeah. The, they have a milk chocolate that's like a soft baked, and it's just like a chocolate chip cookies with like milk chocolate chips. Um, those are fantastic. And then an old school one for me is the Grandma's. You know the oh, Grandma's cookies? Yeah, I was going to ask. Damn it, I was going to add that one to mine. The home the vin- Like you can get from the vending, vending machine, machine at school? Yeah. 
Dude, it was like a two-pack. Two pack. I think I always got the uh, peanut butter. That's one. Yeah. Home-style peanut butter. Because it was I'm like a... in an orangish yellow yeah, wrapper, mm-hmm. and it was like some wholesome grandma on the cover. Yeah, yep. I, was, I was about to throw that on my list if I could remember it. Yeah, that's... Because you were talking more specific, and I was like, damn, I love all those. But I was like, I bet he doesn't remember those grandma cookies. Yeah, that's my... Uh, I love peanut butter. And uh, yeah. we discussed that you know, during our cereal, Mount Rushmore. I love peanut butter. So two out of the four of mine were peanut butter. Um so, uh, so what is yours? Mine's more basic. First one's Oreo. Okay. Dip That's it, a classic. Dip it in the milk. Of course. Or split it and then dip it for extra. Chocolate chip. Okay. Basic. Yep. Classic. Peanut butter. My favorite. I like when my mom, or my mom, <laughs> and my mom, but my wife makes them like homemade and actually, you know, like guts a whole jar of peanut butter. Yeah. And then they put the little fork, like imprints yeah, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. You gotta do yeah. the fork imprint yeah. or it just looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same. And then... Growing up, this one was always my favorite, and I think it was because, like, my dad's godmother always had them around. She would always make them for me, or we would go to uh, Brahms and always get, like, a gallon of milk and oatmeal raisin cookies. Yeah, I know that's a highly yeah. debatable one, yeah. but I that might be my all-time favorite is, like, a fresh oatmeal raisin cookie. I'll get down on oatmeal raisin, God, but there's not too many raisin. cookies I don't like. <laughs> like, if you look at me, you can tell, but... Uh, no, uh, oatmeal chocolate chip is solid. Just plain oatmeal. oatmeal man. You can get like in the cookie aisle, you can get like the iced oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I remember those old cooks that were like white icing on yeah. like a brown cookie. Yeah. And it's oatmeal. Yeah. Those are, those are solid too. Honorable mention, the snickerdoodle. Ooh, Highly yeah. underappreciated. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Hard to find. Yeah. But when it's made right, it's delicious. Snickerdoodles are delicious. Um, you got any more honorable mention? No, uh, okay. we made some we made some sugar cookies actually this week because we See? had the new stove. We made sugar cookies and then Elizabeth, you know, she, as previously stated, she loves those mini M and M's. So we had the brilliant idea to just mix them in there, dude. They were those were good. The, they're actually all gone, or else I would offer them to you. But. Sugar cookies are clutch if you just want like a simple just cookie. Yeah, um, which I'm always down for just a simple cookie. So I've got a a few honorable mention. One of them is the Keebler, the Fudge Stripes, where it's just like the like the vanilla cookie with the hole in the middle, and then it's got like just like the the bottoms dipped in oh, fudge, like drizzled, and it's like drizzled on yeah. the top. Yeah, those are clutch. Yeah, we didn't even. Oh wait, I'll let you go first before I say what we didn't mention. Girl Scouts ah, Thin Mints. Was, it was a Girl Scout. Yeah, the, the Thin Mints. Put them Samoas. in the freezer. Put them in the freezer. Yeah. Eat them. You know, room yeah, temp or whatever. Put them in it's delicious. Yeah, I've always heard to put them in the freezer. Uh, and then this one's super specific, and it goes back to a vending machine option, but. You know, like the peanut butter crackers that were made by like Austin's. Oh yeah. You'd always that Austin's had a cookie called Lemon O's. Lemon O H S. Lemon O's, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I grew up like eating lemon desserts with my dad because my dad's old and he likes lemon pies, lemon meringue. <laughs> Is that an old guy thing. That's an old guy thing. <laughs> okay. You don't find too many youngsters that like lemon cookies or lemon this, but I don't like uh, many youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> Austin's Lemon O's are. The bomb. They're a little. I've never heard of that. Are they still around? You can get them at, like at Walmart or at H E B, but they come in like a variety pack. It'll have like two packs of Lemonos, two packs of like their. I think they call them like Choco Creams, where it's just like chocolate with vanilla icing. Yeah. Um, and like a variety pack of cookies, but you can't find them very often. Or uh, Oreos makes a lemon cookie where it's like a it's like a vanilla wafer cookie with like lemon filling. That's also pretty good. Um, share those with your dad every once in a while. No, not lemon, not those. I keep those for myself. Okay. Like anytime we go somewhere and like they have like uh, lemon pies or you know lemon like lemon squares, I always get him those because I don't like those personally, but he loves anything lemon. So, 
So that's my honorable mention. But I, you just there's not a whole lot of cookie I don't like. Yeah, it's hard to make a good cookie. Like I said, I even like burnt cookies. So growing up, I think my mom would always. I specifically remember always like burnt peanut butter cookies, just like the burnt bottoms. Yeah, I'll tear them up. I have to I like I like it when Lauren makes them at the house, and I'll go right as they come out of the oven, so mm-hmm. they're super soft or almost still kind of gooey. Yeah. yeah, so I'll get the little spatula and scoop them up, put them on a plate real quick, and get a glass of milk and yeah, go glass to town. Of milk's pretty much mandatory with anything. Yeah, you have to. There's certain desserts like psycho eats dry cookies. And I gotta have yeah, I gotta have milk with the cookies and cake. Pie, not so much. I thought you meant I gotta have a cake with my cookie. I was like, damn, he's going hard. That's the diabetes meal. Yeah, right? Diabetes. <laughs> no, I gotta have in pie, I could drink whatever, but like cake and cookies, I gotta Coffee have milk. Pie. Coffee and that's pie. A yeah, that's a much better combo for me. Yeah. Um, all right. So this week's you picked this week's pick your poison. Actually Claire picked it. Claire picked okay, well she picked a tough one. Yeah, she did. I gave her a list and I don't know, some of those are really weird and really specific, so I kinda narrowed it down. And then, uh, yeah, we decided on this one. So you want to read it off or you want oh, me to read it? I don't have it written Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll read it off. So this week's Pick Your Poison is, would you rather have whatever you were thinking above your head for everyone to see, kind of like a thought bubble, mm-hmm. so whatever you're thinking, people can see it, or have absolutely everything you do live streamed for anyone to see? You want me to go first? Go, yeah, because... I'm assuming if I were live-streamed that I would be like the Truman Show, and it wasn't be like just boring Andrew, no one's going to watch it, so I can do whatever I want. I figured like this would go out to everybody, you know, so everything would be out there. So I would go with my bubble thoughts. I don't think I have like many like unpure, creepy, weird thoughts, at least out in public. Now, what I do in my job, I'm like by myself for like eight hours a day out in the road, you know, just cruising. I think of the most weird shit. I write stuff down all the time. I talk to myself more than I should. So that's okay because I'd be it would it'd be all with me in my own truck thinking this. But I couldn't be out there just like having my life live stream to the world. So I think I would go bubble thoughts because like I said, I don't have like many creepy, weird, you know, things i'm just more of an asshole so when i think of something like i see somebody and i like internally make fun of them or make a judgment call that's just me being an asshole i wouldn't vocalize it whereas if you know i can't have my personal life just like out there for the world see like like truman see but they're gonna yeah they're gonna see everything any judgment any snap judgment any i don't think i could do that i'm an asshole i've already laid that out there I don't think I could do that. I think I would just rather be live streamed because I'm a boring dude. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's going on. (laughs) Nothing's going, especially in that department. I'm married, dude. Nothing's going on. I might see a lot of Jaying off. (laughs) A lot. Unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Turn the volume up. Hold up, Matt's Jaying it again. There's just not much going on. I mean, it's a lot of sports and work and just like sitting on the couch and watching sports. Sitting on the couch. Yep. Or playing with a kid. Playing video games with a kid. Not a lot going on in that department. So I don't have to worry about that. Well. And on the rare occasion I do get lucky, I'll just pull the cover like you see on like Big Brother or whatever. Yeah, right. Turn the lights off, throw the covers up. Yeah. Hopefully they don't have infrared or whatever, night vision. Whereas the whole time if I'm sitting on the couch with my wife, you see all my own pure thoughts popping up and I'm like, You ready? You yeah. want some? You want She's to do about this? to get it. Oh yeah, it's going down. And then she goes and gets a glass of milk and I fall asleep or yeah, something. See, I just I'm I I'm I'm okay, but I don't want everybody seeing what I'm thinking. That's true. That is like your own internal. That's your. That's the only thing you have to take solace in is I can think this and no one else knows what I'm thinking yeah. about. See, 
man, maybe I took the wrong choice. I just don't want to be broadcast because, I don't know, I feel like I'd just be like disappointing people all the time who yeah. wanted to be entertained. I, I, I'm not here for your entertainment. That's true. Well, but, then. And that's a really hard choice for me to make because I'm the type of dude where, like Claire, my wife likes having the blinds open. She oh, or the, oh, the I hate that. The, I guess the drapes or whatever you want to call them, curtains, mm-hmm. open, curtains open, blinds pulled all the way up, like in the daytime. Yeah, everybody, everybody see, see my business. And I'm like, no. And I'm pulling the shades down. Yeah, as soon as I get home, I close all of them. And she'll make fun of me. I turn, I close all the shades, and then I drop my pants. That's just what I do when I get home. Hey. It, I'm it, just, it's my house. I, I put on, I slide on my Crocs, and I'm rocking the Hanes. And I just don't want people looking in. I'm just so freaked out about it. But yeah, so, you would be live streamed. I know. That's why I said it's, I think it'd be a hard choice for me. Yeah. but It's a shitty choice either way. Yeah, I don't want every little thought being broadcast because that'd get you in trouble oh yeah especially if you're like a new girl at work you're like oh you're not even like thinking that but then it's like boom pops up look at the tits on that one yeah (laughs) you know so yeah you you definitely get because like now like you know i'm giving away secrets here like if you're out in public you know you get shades on (laughs) you know your eye you can you can still check out this chick at nine o'clock you know or you know one o'clock and still maintain you know your wife thinks she's looking at yeah, you. Yeah, face to face. But your eyes, you know, you can still check it out. That keeps you out of hot water with your girlfriend. Or if that girl's got a guy, he's not knowing that you're checking his lady out. Hey, I got to build an excuse. I got a lazy eye, bro. This thing just wanders. <laughs> it just goes where it, it wants, man. It just goes where it wants to. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, okay. That is um, not a lie. That's that's a tough one. I like the tougher ones. I like the tougher ones. That was a tough decision. Was it? it yeah, like I said, it was a lose-lose. So luckily it's all just it's for fun. All right, and that takes us to our movie review. Um, and th- mm. we followed up Three Ninjas with the sequel, Three Ninjas Kickback. I think this one was put out in 94. I think yeah. Three Ninjas was in 92. Oh, this one did not age well. It no. was much better as a kid. I remember it much better as a kid. Um, it was it, it was better as a kid and an adult. It did not. Yeah, even the original, like, was like uh manageable and almost you know entertaining at times this one was just so ridiculous so over the top i just hate the all the cheesy sound effects like the whole movie could have been set to a benny hill soundtrack Mm -hmm. every fight scene i mean we'll get to the fight scene later when they actually go to japan they they beat up like 72 ninjas like legitimate trained adult Adult ninjas ninjas. made them all look like fools and they went against like again we're getting too far ahead of ourselves but just too unrealistic to really like it, but if you just want to get like really high and watch a movie and just laugh, hey, this is three a good ninjas one. kick back. This is a good one yeah. to do. All right, so um, I guess one of the biggest points before we start is they recast um, Rocky and Tum Tum. Rocky and Tum Tum, and I mentioned in our Three Ninjas review that I thought Rocky was a dork. And he was uptight, and I didn't think he could get any dork Man, here. were you wrong? <laughs> the kid that they cast for Rocky, my God, he was terrible. Everything about him, too. Not just his attitude, but, I mean, pants up to his belly button, shirt tucked in. Turns out he's got an eye problem, which I can relate to, but at least I didn't wear those spectacles. And They were bad. They were bad. They were like the round, like... Gold-rimmed. Like Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, like 1776 spectacles. Yeah. And you know his family's got insurance. His dad's a federal agent. Yeah, they've got good insurance. They've got good insurance. But I will say, a lot of the fashion really 
brought back some. There was a lot of LA gear, Bugle yeah, dude, Boy, they had some sweet high top shoes. Yeah, they had a, a lot uh, of denim on denim. Dude, it was there was a lot of cool. Which we said coming back now, man. Yeah, all that stuff's coming it's back. All coming back. So like that movie is probably like a fashion icon right now. <laughs> yeah, that's sadly. where they're getting their inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> that's where they're going for the latest looks. But um, and I didn't like the Tum Tum replacement either. No, yeah, not to sound judgy, terrible teeth. See, he had the teeth of like sloth from the goonies <laughs> again federal benefits can yes. you not slap some braces on the kid yeah, and now you know i guess we got that visal line or whatever but i can't fix that man those are even claire walked in and looked down and she goes oh my god his teeth are terrible <laughs> I said, yeah look at all that candy he's eating yeah his teeth he's are got a, he's got out. a twizzler between his gap and his teeth every shot yeah or a hot dog he just has a hot dog like hanging <laughs> around behind his ear again. so i just didn't like the replacements you know colt Colt was by the coolest one. He's just still, by default. He's yeah, first and second one. He takes the cake. Yeah, he's he's the best fighter. He's well, the wild card until he goes to Japan and he gets his ass kicked by, by a girl. Girl, <laughs> okay. What? So we open up the movie. Um, same opening too. It was like same the same opening. like uh, eye in the sky. You know the trees and then yeah. the training with Grandpa. So that was cool. At first I, was, I had high hopes because I don't remember that movie so much. But I was like, all right, you know they're yeah, picking up either. where they left off. They've been working on their training. And then, you know, it's like cheesy fight scene. Grandpa's doing triple backflips over a creek bed. <laughs> Again, he's defying he's defying osteoporosis one backflip at yeah, a time. Like he just he's like Benjamin Button. He's aging backwards, apparently. So yeah, we get a training scene with Grandpa and then, you know, it's time to go back to the city and I guess this one's kinda cool because they kinda center they kinda book in the movie with baseball games. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they book in the movie. There's one at the beginning, and then, you know, they come back, and there's one at the end. But in the beginning, more, there's just more hilarity. Tum Tum is It wasn't late. as bad as the first one's basketball scene. The yeah, baseball no, scene no, no, in this no. one wasn't as bad. Because it, no. it was more realistic, you know? Yeah. It was like the soft pitches, so it wasn't like whizzing like 80-mile-an-hour fastballs as a 10-year-old. Where if they're anything, like dunking from the free throw yeah, line Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm one. saying. They had ridiculous basketball skills. They were probably, you know what, let's scale it back in the second one. Let's make yeah. this more realistic. Like, no one's like... Hitting home runs, you know, like 50 feet over the right. wall. Right. So it's just more. So I appreciated that, but that was a dirty game. It was a Mustangs, dirty game. Mustangs fight dirty. It was a very. It was the coaches, too, that were telling yeah. me. Coaches, the one telling them to pick up that dirt. That's right. Yeah, those kids were super dirty. And did you notice it was the same. The pitcher for the Mustangs or for the opposite team was the same bully from the first movie? Yeah, he just has a rat tail now. Yeah, he has a super sick rat tail. <laughs> Dude, I come on, man. It was a sweet rat tail. That's not the tail. only cool thing about him. And at least he's a good pitcher. Did you see Rocky? He's throwing pitching. rainbows. Yeah. Softballs. Why is he still pitching? He has an ERA at about 20. Because he saw Lisa DiMarino. Lisa Apparently, Di Emily Marino. can kick the curb. Oh, yeah. Because now we got Lisa DiMarino, and he's seen her at every base. He's seen thick thighs. Mm. He's googly eyes, and he just throws the ultimate rainbow at this kid. And he molly, molly whops it. Sends a piss missile out to like left field. And it doesn't help that your catcher's Tum Tum, who is the Goldberg of catchers. And w- there's like a huge age gap. Cause like, oh yeah, Tum Tum like got tiny. younger. Tum Tum got younger from the first to the second one. Absolutely. And he's like tiny. Yeah. Like he's got to be like, all these other kids have to be like 13 and he's got to be like eight. If that. He looks like a first or second grader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's yeah. got hot dogs in his damn chest protector and he's. Yeah, there's a, the pot fly. Yeah. <laughs> he goes for the hot dog over the baseball. So there's a pot fly. Like, the kid pops up right over the right over home plate, and Tum Tum goes to field it, and his hot dog flies out. So he's, like, scooting back and forth yeah, like, you're underneath seeing, the hot dog. 
The ball and the hot dog. And the ultimately, fatty, fatty Magoo chooses. <laughs> he catches the hot dog and gets hit in the head yeah. with the baseball. And then Classic. all his dad's like, Tom, Tom. Classic Tom, Tom, right? More like Dum Dum. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a show title. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and then, like we were talking about, they were dirty. They were throwing dirt into kids' eyes. They, they, they filled up um, Colt. Colt's like helmet full of dirt and let him dump it on his face and. And then you know he gets, and then he gets hit in the fucking head with a fastball. Why was that kid still in the game? Yeah, and then everyone, and then he gets up. Colt's obviously pissed because probably concussed, breaks the bat over his knee like Bo Jackson, and then they're like, "Oh, calm down, guy!" But like he just got hit in the head. I think he can be upset, and so you know, then the brawl happens, or what does Tum Tum say? Like scramble, 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 and then it's like just. Yeah, fist flying until the ice cream man shows up. Tum Tum set his watch for that. His alarm goes his off. His alarm goes off, so he's got to go get some ice cream. Uh, game gets called, you know, or postponed for like, I don't know, just Three reckless. For, yeah. for like the week, yeah, so they come back on Sunday. So, but just for unsportsmanlike contact, or unsportsmanlike. And uh, yeah, so we're going to postpone the game. And then... Uh, so Grandpa has a trip planned to Japan to because this whole movie this whole sequel rev- revolves around a dagger yeah that he won in a that tournament. he won at a tournament when he was uh when he, he was said a, he said their age yeah when he was their age in japan which grandpa aged horribly if those kids are like 12 that would make him like 62 yeah it looks fucking terrible he's still doing backflips except though. for yeah except for his body body and mind are strong but. yes <laughs> the vessel the actual body i mean that face he it didn't Looks like a catcher. Looks like net. he looks like he crawled out of Nagasaki after nineteen forty five. Sorry, I mean he just looks rough. Okay, so the the whole movie kind of re- revolves around this dagger that he won that he needs to return to the grand champion of this this year's tournament. And during the flashback, we find out who the villain is. His name was like Koga. 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 Yeah. And all because Grandpa beat koga in this tournament legitimately legitimately straight up beat him and so he received the dagger you know yeah as, he won the dagger and then code coke what's his name koga koga tries to like steal it from him and so grandpa just turns real quick and accidentally cuts him just a little cut a little, on the face a little cut that was it a talk about cut. being fucking petty 50 years later this guy's plotting holding and he's a like a, he's like a cajillionaire when you see his yeah. place he like lives in a high rise with an indoor pool and i'm sure he's got a helicopter but no, he wants that dagger. We'll find out later what's so special about that dagger. But I'm like, talk about being fucking petty. Holding a grudge for 50 years because you lost a karate tournament. So he, <clears throat> they go back to the, uh, they go back to the same well from the first movie, and of course Koga has a nephew living yeah. living in uh, living in in California where they're at, and he hires him and his two goons. What is it hiring idiots to do your uncle's bidding? And the, I'm seeing a theme here, and it's always three of them. Not not nearly as cool as the original three. No. Though. No. I mean, I didn't like either one of them. The big guy with like the Bride of Frankenstein hair. Yeah, that guy had to have an IQ mid seventies. Fraser, but even even dumber. Like even, at least Kramer yes. had some witty humor yeah. and like physical humor. This guy was just like just a bomb. What was that guy's name? That was uh, was he on um, Bill Nye? Was it was his name Beaker? Oh, we'd have on to look Bill it up. Nye. I haven't anyway. seen Bill Nye since the nineties. Anyway, by the way, not a real scientist. Smart guy, though. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Cool guy. All right, I anyway, trust him. We're uh, we're regressing here. Um, <laughs> so they go and attempt to get the dagger from Grandpa's house, and again, just like the first movie, Grandpa's away. The kids take care of business. That yeah, and I put on here that wasn't nearly as cool of a house fighting scene as the first no. one. It felt like kind of rushed. 
Like yeah. the guys just showed up and within like three minutes. And it, but I guess I guess the brothers have like training in this now. So you know the it wasn't lemon meringue. Oh, it was a banana cream pie banana to the cre- face. Yeah. And you got the light or not the uh, pa- they, like palm oil and that all they have some shave oil, cream oil, oil on the floor. So like oil slick again. Like cue the Benny Hill music. It so, could play continuously. And then, I'm pretty sure in real life they would have had a body count because they wrapped the rope. Oh yeah. The two of the guys are fleeing in the truck, so they wrap a rope around old boy's feet and they like drag him. So they take off in the truck. That's and like some drag medieval him. shit, which you would do with a horse. Yeah, and tie a guy up. Yeah, so they're dragging him like quarter mile up the road, dirt so road. I'm pretty sure he would have died, or at least he wouldn't have any hide left on his back. No, he would be he would be in the hospital right now getting a skin graft. Oh yeah. So, um, so Grandpa leaves. Uh, He's got Grand- the dagger with him. He's got the dagger with him. Oh, he- but you should say the boys had the option to go with Grandpa yeah. to that tournament. Yeah, that's Turned it going. down so they could play their city championship game. Yeah, the they had a chance to go to Japan, once-in-a-lifetime trip. Once-in-a-lifetime, yeah. To go to Come Japan on, with we- Grandpa, and they take a vote, and they want to play baseball. Yeah, because Colt can be the winning pitcher. And he wants and get- to... Uh, what's her name? Lisa DiMarino. Do those, it for Lisa DiMarino. Oh, Mr. Stinky Two Fingers wants to get, <laughs> wants to get hey, Lisa he, DiMarino. He's you got know? priorities, man. Hey, Fuck a once-in-a-lifetime trip. I'm not mad at him. I'm not <laughs> mad at him. But uh, So they turn the trip down. They go to drop Grandpa off at the airport. Grandpa's got the dagger again so he can deliver it to the champion of the, the grand champion of the karate of the kung fu tournament. But they classic mix-up. They grab the wrong bag. Mm-hmm. He gets Tum Tums. He grabs Tum Tums bag. So they... he's got his ding dongs. <laughs> That's all Tum Tum cared about. Where's my ding dongs? Listen, fatty, yeah. you'll be all right. I'm sure you got a secret stash. Oh, you, you got know he's got stashes. stashes all over multiple the place. stashes. So uh, Grandpa makes it to Japan. Of course, the three goons follow. Go ahead. Did they hide? Did they not? Did the, did the three goons? Because they just like commandeer not commandeer but just like somehow get on that plane without being noticed they, i'm because we find out how much that plane costs for three people uh when the brothers go eleven thousand. those were first for class kids tickets. kids tickets first class eleven thousand. so it's got to be in the thousands for them to go they don't I, i'm assuming they don't have passports maybe we're getting too deep into this but next thing you know they're just like they snuck onto a plane of course this is pre 9-11 but it was very shady plot. security by this uh, airport. Again, there's a theme running in all our movie reviews. Plot doesn't seem to be a big issue That's true. With, with these movies we're reviewing. I just saw it and I was like, how are they going to get there? Oh, they'll just sneak on into the uh, like the bathroom. And, and in, they're all three hiding in the bathroom And in together. 94, I was eight years old. I didn't care about plot. I just wanted, I to, see some sweet, plot. I wanted to see some sweet <laughs> ninja action. But anyway, so the three goons end up in Japan... They end up rear-ending the cab that Grandpa's in, steal his bag. Grandpa ends up in the hospital, and he calls the boys. Uh, he calls the boys for what, what? Why did he call them again? I think he's just checking up just on checking them. Just checking up on them. And they had that sweet baseball telephone. Oh, yeah. That did was you nice. even see that? I remember that. Like As soon as I saw it, I had a bunch of memories flood back. I remember that as a kid and wanting one. Yeah. I don't think they ever made. I think them, the coolest phone I ever had was like one that was like see through, so you could see yeah, all the wiring and stuff the circuits, in there. Yeah, had, had my own phone. line, had my own private. Let me so and my sister I. shared a line, dude. So it was, did a, I. it was a five, five seven, seven six. six yeah, dude, yeah, it was. 
yeah. I used to remember my entire number back before you had to <sighs> put the area code before. But yeah, it was no area code until no. a certain point. It was five seven six, four, one two three four yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I had the same phone. I had the clear phone <laughs> with the five seven six. Yeah, line. and then yeah. I upgraded. I got our. We got a new cordless phone when cordless phones were like the Dang. thing. And then I got our old cordless phone, so I could like walk around my room or wherever. See, I had talk. before I had my first cordless. I had a phone that just had like a fifty foot cord. Yeah, I would stretch from like my room to the kitchen. If I, of course, I never. It's like I'm on my port and call. I'm just bullshitting. But yeah, it was like this ridiculous. Like get all coiled up. And you'd have to like uncoil it and walk around with it. Simpler times. Man, for real. I remember like just walking to the kitchen with your phone was like a privilege. It was a big deal. Yeah. And now, then, now it's attached to us 24-7. Dude, that brings me flashbacks of being on Napster, downloading a song, and my mom like picking up the phone. I'm like, Mom, I'm on the phone. I was almost done with that song. <laughs> yeah. Get off the phone. With some dial-up, you dial hear? Dial-up. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, don't, I wasn't downloading music, though, but I know what you're talking about. Not on Napster. What were you downloading? Well, it wasn't Napster. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I think mine was called, like, Aries is what I used. Yeah. There was that, Napster, LimeWire. LimeWire was another big one. LimeWire, that one. Give your computer. Well, yeah, AIDS. because you were sharing everything, so you're like, this could have a virus on it, but I don't know. But I got to see Carmen Electra's boobies. That's right. So let's roll this dice. <laughs> Napster was so sweet until fucking Lars Ulrich. Yeah, Metallica ruined it. No, Lars Ulrich did. Oh, Fuck it's specifically that guy. Lars. Yeah. Well, at least he was like the face of it. Yeah, I remember. Metallica may have been behind it as a whole, but he was like the face of it out in public. Um, but anyway, Grandpa he calls back home to the boys. And they realized that, that then they realized that the bag switch happened. So the boys kind of get together and be like, Hey, we have to help grandpa. And then they have this big, you know, debate about what about the game? And I think they, there was a, something in there about four strands of rope. That was like, they, a, they're strong, they're strong together. together. Yeah. So they go and help grandpa. Yeah. They decide to help grandpa by charging $11,000 to his credit card. <laughs> And they used their, they, the ticket rep needed authorization. They had a pre-recording they had of a pre-recording. Diabolical, man. And then they insult that poor ticket rep <laughs> just to get on the plane. So they get on the plane. Using their ninjanuity. Ninjanuity. I like that. Um, they get on the plane, they go over to Japan, they meet up with Grandpa, and, they, and Grandpa, that's when they kind of realize that the dagger's safe. Yeah, he shows them the dagger. He's Stay like, he's like, hey, go to the tournament and give this to the grand. Uh, I think it's grandmaster. Grandmaster, yeah. G- give it to the grandmaster so he can present it to the champion of of the tournament. So they go. They take you know. There's like a cut scene of them riding through Japan, you know, in a in a cab, and they get to the uh, they get to the tournament, and you know, Colt. Colt you know, being cocky, being thinking cocky. he could take all these kids. So they're watching, you know, the ninja action, and you see, you know, people, you know, progressing through the tournament. And in the final tournament, one of the fighters gets hurt, and Colt, you know. Yeah, Colt just thinks, I'm just going to weasel my way into this championship bout after all these people put in this hard work to go up, you know, because it was like a tournament style. It was like a tournament bracket. It's like, no, fuck it. I'll just throw on this number and this little ninja outfit, and oh, I made it to the championship. And he did. And it was a good fight. He put up a good fight. Until... Until he got Some put down. Some quick kicks to the face and a quick takedown. And then we see the reveal. And it's a girl. He got beat by a girl. He got murderized. He, <laughs> what was her name? Mio? Uh, Mio. Yeah. Yeah, Mio. So we get introduced to Mio um, at that point. Um, and then she's like, 
they had nowhere to go because she, yeah. she can speak a little English. So she's trying to help them out. They got nowhere to go. So she tells her mom and um, they come to like this little barter system, which which was kind of like the next setup to her. If you help her. Oh, because they, then they the mom takes them to their uh, her baseball practice. Yeah, because right after the she tournament, she's got a tryout. Yeah, she's terrible. She can't she, catch a fly ball. Yeah. So they tell her, like, you know, come back when you can catch because she said with her ninja training, she's like a good hitter. So I believe it was Rocky, which is like comes up to with this deal, like help us with our karate, we'll help you with our baseball. Yeah. So montage ensues, slowly gets better, and um, I was picking up real Nelly Cruz vibes from Mio. Nelly Cruz. Yeah, can't oh, catch a fly man, ball. And that's too soon. Is it? It's Still. been like almost a decade. Still too soon. <laughs> Come on. You know why he was creeping in? You ever hear that rumor? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Because he was, because two outs, one pitch oh, away, he, he, wanted he was be, ready to celebrate. So he wanted to be, he wanted to to be one of the first ones in to celebrate, so he crept in on that. And then they, David Freeze hit that uh, ball right over his fucking head for like a go-ahead triple. What an asshole. I'll never forgive that fucking guy. Yeah, I did hear that. As soon as he started saying uh, he's creeping in to celebrate, he wanted to celebrate. Yeah, I remember hearing that. And then uh, afterwards, after their little baseball training, they go back to the house. Rocky's now crushing on Mio. Yeah. He almost got kissed before the other boys like tumbled into the room. I was like, Lisa Di Marino is yeah, get, old sh- news. Hey man, that's the other side of the world. <laughs> different area code. Yeah, Ludacris, literally other side of the world. Ludacris taught us about and, that. <laughs> he's got hose all over <laughs> oh, the yeah. area code. <laughs> but I remember, was it Lisa Di Marino? She was dating Vanilla Ice's rat tail. Yeah, they walk off the field together. I was like, man, why do women have such poor choices and guys, especially this guy? He's the ultimate tool he bag. He's such a douchebag. Sweet rat tail. Everything else sucks about him. And I guess he got new friends because he didn't have the same homeboys as the first one. No, they got their ass whooped. They're like, I'm yeah. not hanging out with you anymore, yeah, man. Right. Need somebody to throw the ball with and got my back. I'm going to the library. I'm, I'm done hanging out with you. So where are we at now? So she's received. They're kind of exchanging like trainings with each other. Montages. Rocky's trying to run across the water on that little Yeah, they did the, the whole like training montage and then um I think they were going to go present the dagger to the grandmaster cuz the tournament was coming up. But that's when the uh the guys nephews they like Koga's nephews Koga's nephews went into uh, grandpa's hospital bed put in like a little listening device and they were able to determine the plan like the plan was oh, to take the dagger. And they were dressed up as nurses. They were all dressed up and as nurses say, and drag. And this may say a lot about me. Oh no. But the main dude with the blonde hair, yeah. he looked way better as a woman than he did a man. Like, give me like 12 beers, you know, in a dark bar. I'd probably hit on that. You know this is going to be broadcast to the world, too, because yeah, because I, of our would you rather. I don't care. <laughs> well, the thought already popped up. The so thought's already there. It's already churning. It already happened when I when I watched the movie. I, I, I think like, it was, you know was it the blonde hair that did it for you? Maybe. The blonde hair, where he kind of pulls it up a little yeah, bit, yeah, and, and it's, it's kind of streaming out a little. A little. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Give me, give me a good night of drinking in a dark bar. I'd probably hit on that. All right, I don't know where to go from there. Dark so thoughts. Just moving on. Remember, I have the power to edit this out. <laughs> hey, no. If anybody has any questions, go watch Three Ninjas Kickback and go to the scene where the three goons they go to the hospital dressed up as nurses, and you tell me if you squint your eyes and you've had about twelve to fifteen beers and maybe a couple shots. I look at the alcohol volume keeps going up. <laughs> now we're up to fifteen beers. Right, I've got to justify it somehow. So when they finally see her. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't hit on that. 
hit on that? Or you just like flirt a little bit and go home? Yeah. Or you're gonna, you're gonna flirt a little bit and just see where this goes? Yeah, we'll just see <laughs> you where just the night takes with us. The flow. <laughs> and then I'll get an awful surprise later on. Yeah, then it's the crying game when <laughs> she pulls right. down the pants and it's and, and it's, I'm just in the shower scrubbing <laughs> myself. Okay, so uh, never drinking again. Uh, so yeah, they figure out the plan and they the uncle Koga now dresses up as the grandmaster because grandmaster's wearing like. You know, a mask. Yeah, he's and wearing like, like a, a robe, ma- and he's sitting down. So it's hard to, even though weird, we forgot to notice or note the first time they met the Grandmaster, Tum Tum had like a foot fetish. He just couldn't oh, quit playing with that guy's he, feet. They were nasty. He had like Fritos for like Fritos for like. Yeah, toenails. but he was like nose to toenails with that thing, and like looking at him and picking him. Like, get the fuck up! That was my kid. I'd say, <laughs> what are you doing? You're even my, not even my kid. My brother. I'm like, dude, what are you yeah, doing? Like, okay, get yeah, up. we see it. Weird toes. You're the one that's like within. A fingernail distance of that smell thing, it. smelling it, yeah, and yeah. like making notes. So Tum Tum, you know, that's why he noticed. Like, didn't you have different feet last time? Weren't you a little taller? And you weren't speaking English. And then you know, we find out uh, Mio's the one that like finds the master, and he's all tied up, and he's like, "Oh, you know, it's a setup." So scramble, and they all run, and like fifteen fucking ninjas start chasing them, right? But I do appreciate that some of his henchmen aren't, they're not all wearing ninja suits. That's like true. Some, some of them are wearing just like suits. blazers and ties yeah. and stuff. I appreciate that. But they, again, they use a really big, bulky bad guy enforcer. With like gold teeth and everything. Yeah. He, looks, yeah. he was even worse looking than the previous one. Yeah, he was really bad looking. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm not judging, but yeah, that guy's fucking ugly. Oh, yeah. Um. So. And then the when they're, sorry, but when they're, that first. They first run off to that uh, like little warehouse and they're fighting, and then they have to call their mom, yeah. which is even more unrealistic. Let alone these boys are now fighting real ninjas. But one of the guys, one of the bad guys, instead of pulling out a sword, pulls out a cellular phone, and then like Tum Tum's alarm goes off, so he's like, "Rocky, give me the phone." You know, he's fighting this ninja with one hand, grabs the phone, chunks it to his brother. Brother just calls him, sitting on like a on the bench, you know, like, like hitting a ninja on the head, yeah, like yeah. bopping on the head like a whack a mole. Yeah. Oh, hey, mom, no, we're just watching a kung fu movie. Oh, dumped or Colt wants to say hi. Those are damn. He's like fighting him off with the nunchuck with one hand, talking to mom. Oh, now Rocky or who did I say before? Colt wants to say something, throws it to him. It's like, come on, man, where do you find these ninjas? Not, they're not very good, are they? No, they're they're no Foot Clan. That's what I said before. They're no Foot Clan. They'd wipe the floor. With these guys. Foot these guys are amateurs. Me, man. I used to be scared of those guys. Bush League. Until Casey uh, Jones showed up. Oh, with the with the J- Fuck yeah. Casey we don't, Jones is yeah, badass. Yeah, dude. We don't want to... Because I think that's coming up. I think that may I be... I can't wait. I think that may be our next... And those are ones we may have to watch together. Because those are, those are good. Those are good movies. Yeah, yeah, all of them are. Even after that. Even they put out like animated ones since. Yeah. I've watched those by myself. Oh, yeah. No, I I'm, love I'm not ashamed to admit it. Three Ninjas was my shit. Here, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was my shit. I had bed sheets. I, I was a, if I could find my picture, which would be great. I was one of them. I want to say like Raphael and my sister was like Lisa Simpson that year. And this was when we lived in Lancaster. So this would have been like 94, 95. And they're not homemade, but they're so badly made. They look homemade. That would be a great one to post. Yeah, we don't, we won't jump ahead, but I think Ninja Turtles will be the next kind of trilogy uh, movie review that we Hell do. Yeah. Um, so after, after all the fight scenes there, Mio knows of a secret tunnel out to escape. Uh, and then Koga and the henchmen are waiting for him. They get kidnapped, you know, and taken to a secret lair. Yeah. They got grandpa with a dagger. Yep. They got grandpa. Now they took him out of the, uh, out of the hospital at this point. So, um, they get taken to a secret lair and we come to find out that 
this dagger is only one piece to a puzzle to unlock a the cave of gold. Cave of gold. Yeah. Which is at the time grandpa thought it was all it was all just a myth. It was all just, you know, a wives tale or like not know. literally a cave of gold. Yeah. yeah. So that's why this dagger is so important, why Koga wants to get his hands on it. Um so again, they go back to the same well. The kids end up escaping out of their uh out of their cell. They fight 452 ninjas and um, sumo wrestlers on the roof. And sumo wrestlers yeah, on the roof. They that's take realistic. <laughs> they take hang gliders and fly probably that looked to have been like 10 miles. <laughs> yeah, right. Just coasting in that They're Japan just, sky for yeah. 10 miles at least. So they get they get on hang gliders to to do a hang glider and they just hang glide into the mountain. That was a second appearance for a hang glider too. There's one at the beginning. Is there? Yeah, when oh, that guy, when yeah. that ninja broke into the museum. Yeah. Because I put on there, there's just a hang glider just chilling, and that's his escape route. And he uses the ninja star to break in, which yeah. is pretty fucking cool. pretty cool. And then he escapes on a hang glider, so might have been the better one than Schneider when his escape where he gets on the uh, no. helicopter. No, that one's that better. Helic- in the line, gotta fly. Yeah, you're right. The line He's in the suit it. with the slick back hair. Nah. They did that escape better. But hang gliders are cool, I guess. You're right. You're right. I'm on the wrong side of history there. Um... So now we're getting to kind of the end end of the movie. Um, Grandpa's led in. <laughs> Grandpa's led into the cave by Koga and his henchmen. He hands over the dagger. Koga sticks the katana in mm-hmm. one slot, and then he sticks the night the dagger into another slot in the wall. And the wall opens up, and they go inside. And it turns out, at first, all you see is a table full of like dead it's samurai samurai it's kind of like a king arthur's table yeah it's kind of kind of like that situation you know all they see is bones you know they're still wearing their armor died and, protecting it yeah and uh grandpa says see he's like you know it was all a myth nothing but bones and something like nothing but bones and samurai souls or something like yeah. that so koga at this point is upset he's done all this work all this effort his whole life his whole life is yeah it's yeah like, uh what's his name Who's the guy that opened the vault? Geraldo. It's like Geraldo yeah. opening Al, Capone, Al Capone's vault. Yeah. So it's like big disappointment, but he throws a temper tantrum. And luckily there's just and like. He little, rips down a sheet. Little sheets just hanging up where it's, you know, why don't you peek behind the sheet? Luckily he threw that temper tantrum and then we find out. There is a cave of gold. Cave of gold. Yeah. And then what happens? The kids come down. Kids coming in. They they get down there to try to help them. Um, I don't know. I think I was like playing with Elliot at this point, but. Then you know Koga obviously like turns on them because they thought they would once they found it they oh yeah it out. there's he a pulls, fight scene he pulls the gun out on yeah. them and you're thinking you know that you know obviously they're not going to die but Koga's this bad guy and he like tries to shoot the gun but it like backfires and does like a Looney Tune where the gun now's like recoiled backwards <laughs> yeah. and he's got black smoke all over his face and that bewildered look and then I guess they just make up real quick because Grandpa's talking about you know like I you know I scarred your face I didn't mean to scar your soul for all these years. And then they just, like, forgive him like that. Like, let, now let's get out of here together. As if that guy just didn't try to shoot your face off That's until right. the gun backfired. So then they all work together to get out. Tum Tum finds his ding-dongs in his backpack. He gets the dagger back. They pull it out. Or, no, I think they put it back in to open the door. He gets his ding-dongs. Um, Koga and Grandpa kind of make up like they're old buddies. And yeah. then they're like, you know, well, what day is it? They they find out, like, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, but it's Saturday in America. Yeah, they're or trying Sunday to figure, in Japan, but Saturday in America. You know, they're they're kind of 
bummed out that they missed their game. Yeah, you like, know, they we, had a we, good time. We got Grandpa back, but man, I wish I could be at that game. And they realized, like, oh, it's only Saturday. Yeah, if they hurry, if they hurry and charge another eleven thousand dollars to Grandpa's <laughs> card, right. we can get back. It's to a twenty-two thousand dollar trip. <laughs> yeah, we can make it back. So they make it back. Um, Mio travels with them, so that's yep. probably an extra couple grand to let her travel. And apparently, she's got a visa or a, a, a passport. Passport. So they make it back to the game right before they're about to forfeit. Dad, Dad was about to call it, you know. And uh, they show back up. They got enough people. Uh, I don't, I don't remember who was pitching, but I don't know. It just comes down to uh, basically it comes down to Colt up at bat. Or no, yeah, Colt, Colt batting. Mr. Rattail's pitching, and before that, they oh, show they the, they show the that they the Mustangs tried their old tricks again. Yeah. So like, no, Rocky Rocky goes to cover second on a double play. The kid throws, you know, dirt up in his eye. Doesn't affect him. He just completes the throw. Mm-hmm. Gets the throw over to first. Gets the out. Um, and then I think Rattail oh, almost hit like a two three run home run too until yeah. Mio climbed the wall and got yeah, it. Yeah, he he hit a dinger. It was going to be a dinger, and then Mio climbed the wall and robbed him yeah. roberto clemente style mm-hmm. gary um, matthews jr style mm-hmm. probably Shout one of the out. greatest catches i've ever seen yeah, that, that guy impressive. signed like a 60 million dollar contract because Off of that, that catch he had he had a decent career with us but that catch paid him millions again, of dollars again the angels just just gobbling sucking. up our garbage um <laughs> so yeah like you were saying it basically comes down to colt um, yeah, Colts pit. Colts hitting against Mister Rattail. Two outs. Two outs. Uh, was the bases loaded? Bases were loaded because they were course, down by three. Yeah, of course, the bases are loaded. So two outs. Bottom. I think they only played seven, so it's bottom of the seventh. Bases loaded, and uh, he gets a hold of one. Just and outside he of the, the foul line. He does the. Uh, what was that? Carlton guy? Fisk. No, was he the one who's like waving? I it? think so. From for the Red Sox. Yeah, who's the guy that um, for the Dodgers who Kirk Gibson? Oh, Kirk Gibson. He was doing the fist pump on yeah. the bum knee. But one of those guys was like famous for like waving a foul ball. Troy would actually know that. Well, Troy will get back. Troy right in. Say it was Carlton Fist during a Red Sox game. It may have been. I want to say Kirk Gibson did that too, but I could be wrong. But I know he definitely did the. Yeah, he, he was, was around in the base because he had like a bum knee. Shouldn't yeah. have been in the game. He was a pinch hitter. Yeah. So true. then you know he's got one more. You know he's still at bat, and then he remembers like what Grandpa told him, like look at your target until when it, it gets becomes as a big as, as a melon beat, or big as a melon, then you know attack or whatever and. And you see the ball coming, and it goes from regular size baseball, and then by the time it gets to Colt, it's, it's like literally a like beach ball. It's literally a beach ball, and he hits it, and they're showing it go through the air as a beach ball through the scoreboard. He hits a almost piss hits missile these through. Kids. The- <laughs> yeah, these little kids are ducking that are keeping score like little rascal style through the scoreboard, and then it's just Kirk Gibson rounding the bases. Yeah. But did you see the end when he was rounding home? And he did like he a did like thirteen. He did like a quad axle. Dude, absolutely. I wrote on here that. That walk-off celebration would get you drilled in your next at bat in any league, including Latin America, where they love to throw yeah. down and celebrate. He would get drilled that next at bat because he just his whole way from third to home was just, just doing, doing like back somersaults. somersaults, yeah, until he got till the final like land on home like Simone Biles, and then he's just like standing in triumph. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck. Of course, that's how it ended, and then um, but, the, but then the rat tail. Well, I meant that's how the game ended. But yeah, then rat tail kid was like extra innings in the parking lot. Yeah, takes them all got back his there. Homies with got him. his homies. He's ready to throw down. And they're like the brothers are like, you know what? You're your best guy versus our best guy. You know, which is the Mister Rat Tail. And like you can pick any one of us. Of course, he well punk he, ass. He, he picks he the picks girl. the girl because he's like she stole my home run. That's who I want. And um, shit, bad. Sometimes like okay, we tried to help you. Yep. And then it ends with her screaming and throwing a punch. 
Yeah, she did like a a sweet flip to get behind him, and he's like, him on the he's shoulder. like, huh? Where'd you go? <laughs> yeah, tapped him on the shoulder, and then like just wrecked him. And then it, I don't know the ending. That wasn't so. The very very end, the next scene was just too cheesy. I mean, he's like Tum Tum being like, I don't know, like see what shenanigans we'll get into next time. And yeah. then it like ended like Looney Tunes style where it's with like, it. Yeah, it where it like zooms, zooms in and got smaller and smaller and smaller and said the end. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you could have ended it on such a better note than Tum Tum being your own little uh, Bugs Bunny outro. So one thing I will, uh, uh, one thing I do remember from the beginning of the movie, you know, after the first baseball game when they're leaving and they get in their station wagon, did mm-hmm. y'all ever have a station wagon where it had the back seat where Tum Tum was, where it faced like... Where it faced like the side window, and there was another seat opposite. I wish, man. Like you know, the like, like the front family seats. vacation. Yeah, you had like front facing seats, and but then the very back, like you had a seat facing, which was the most dangerous spot yeah. in the world to yeah. sit. <laughs> like back in the day, they had like you know seats that faced the back window, but that station wagon we had one growing up. But that station wagon had like you you and like you know the person y'all were like looking at each other facing you know in inward. I just thought that was cool because we had one growing I would, up. I mean, they're we cool called it the shagging wagon. Hell yeah! I wish I still had one. I would. I told Claire I would tell, I would use that for work all day, every day. A station wagon like that with like wood paneling. But yeah, like that that station wagon, and then like all the all the uh, all the fashion that the kids were wearing. Like that, just I don't know. Like that was brought a back big, some memories. Big nostalgia <laughs> kick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, don't recommend it. We did it for the podcast. I can't imagine how bad the third one's gonna be. And this one wasn't free either. He watched Matt. You watched it off of uh, YouTube, and I had to order. I ordered off Amazon. Yeah, I rented it for three ninety nine off of YouTube. Not getting that money back. Nope. <laughs> and it's a tax write off though for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because we're <laughs> three ninjas kickback <laughs> right that off. <laughs> Send it off to the CPA. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah. So next week we'll do the final. There is a fourth one. There is a fourth one. With Hulk Hogan in it. That one may be worth... Alex said... Alex highly recommended it. He said it was worth it. So next week we'll do Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. And I did notice that the original Tum Tum and the original Rocky are back for this one. And I kind of did some digging. Apparently there was like some some, uh, work visa stuff for the, the, the two boys since they were minors getting to Japan to work. Um, and I think that was like part of the reason why it didn't get resolved and they, they had to recast. Um, but the original Rocky and Tum Tum are back for the third one. So next week we'll, we'll do that one and we'll review that one. And, uh, and hopefully it's, if it's, if it's better than the second one, then I'll recommend we do the fourth, the fourth one. one. Yeah. But if it's, if it's getting progressively worse, we'll just, might just have to start Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. We'll, okay, we'll make that call next week. Yeah, so we'll we'll make the call then. All right, and that takes us to your favorite segment, my and, favorite, and mine. Yeah, and Hank. Sixty seconds on Big Brother. Well, um, in this one, just Cody won HOH, which was terrible for everyone who's not in his alliance, which is only two people. Because this one alliance has just been running the show this whole year, and people just haven't wised up to it yet, which doesn't make sense because it's like ten people left, and like eight people are in an alliance, and two people aren't. You know, and if you're the two looking in, you kind of got to get suspicious. But he he really, unless he wants to go against his alliance, which he should, he should start throwing some fucking haymakers at people, but they won't. So the only two people he can nominate are Kevin and David, which is no surprise. No one's been surprised by any of these moves all year because it's just gone so predictable. And I'm on like um the Reddit Big Brother page all the time. 
and like I said, all the fans are talking about, like this is the most predictable, boring season because no one's making big moves, no one's doing something, you know, unpredictable. They're just like it's like following the same shitty script. So nothing's been going on. It's very disappointing. But tomorrow night is going to be the first ever, according to my sources, and my sources know a lot about Big Brother. Love you, mom. This is going to be the first ever triple eviction. So once a year, they usually do a double eviction where the houses don't know until that night. So they're going to go in tomorrow night thinking this is just a one-time eviction. Like Kevin or David are going to go home. And then it's hosted by this lady named Julie Chin. And then she'll be like, you know, oh, tonight is the double eviction. So we're going to, they'll do a whole week's worth of competitions in one night. Tomorrow night, I think it's a two-hour special. It has to be. They're going to evict three fucking people. And it's going to like just create so much chaos because... With only two people left that aren't an alliance and a triple eviction, it's going to cause these people who've been working together all summer to start dabbing each other in the back. They're going to have no choice but to nominate their own people and like start getting these people out. So, yeah, it's been a shitty summer for Big Brother up until this point. I, I think that's why they're doing the first ever triple eviction because they're like, we got to shake stuff up. we got to get these people out of here. So triple eviction, they're, everyone's going to be just blown away and... Like I said, it's never happened before, so I just can't wait to see the look on everyone's faces when they realize that three people are going home tonight. Or tomorrow mm. night. Tonight's just a power of veto to see if Kevin or David can save themselves. If not, one of them goes home, and then two people are going to go right behind them. So three, that's like almost a third of the remaining guests are all going to go tomorrow night. Mm, so they're cutting. It's nut-cutting time. Yeah. Seriously. Like I said, they usually do one double eviction every year. Never heard of a triple eviction. And I think it's just because this year is so shitty when people aren't making big moves and everyone's playing it safe that production, the producers of the show, yeah. are, they're taking it into their hands. Like, they're going to force. Sh- we're going to force you to shake it up to start, cut, to start, you know, betraying your own people. So Because it seems like at this point, wait. like – People at this point have what twenty one seasons of like, I guess film. You know, like strategy to like watch and like kind of learn the game. Mm-hmm. So it seems like people are just now the game is like almost too easy for it's people. Stale. Like they, yeah, nothing's happening. That's the thing about Big Brother. Their little saying that they use all the time is "expect the unexpected." That's like their tagline for the yeah. show, and this has been the most predictable season I've ever seen. Where, because no nobody's making any big moves because they're all in alliance together. So I'm only picking off the people that aren't in the alliance, and the people who aren't in the alliance haven't even wised up to it yet and called it out. You know, so, so it's, been now, a, it's been a shitty year, but yeah, they're gonna force their hand tomorrow. Okay, now I'm actually looking forward to a triple eviction. Yeah, so the next week's gonna be fucking wild. I'm gonna have to take like a little bit extra time. Might need about seventy five seconds. All next right, week. we can do that. <laughs> we can make that happen. All right, so now we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to move on to the sports portion of the of the pod. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to go over a couple week three games that happened. We're going to get to the NBA Finals. That's set. It's actually right tipped now. off tonight. Shit, I can check that real quick. Um, and we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup, and then we're going to get into Cowboys review and Cowboys preview. Um, so one of the games from week three was the Monday night game, um, the one that. Everybody was hyped for KC, Kansas Everybody City, and Baltimore. Kendrick, or, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, apparently. So, um, Baltimore, uh, KC ends up pulling away in that one. What was it, like 34 20? Something like that. 20 is the final, yeah. Um, but what stands out, there was a couple stats that stand out to me. And like I said, we'll run through these pretty quick. Um, since Lamar Jackson took over at quarterback uh, for Baltimore, they are 21 and 4. But he is 0-3 against Kansas City. And in the postgame, he kind of said, hey, they're our kryptonite. That's just a crazy stat 
to show you how good Kansas City is. Yeah, because like I said, I think that was a AFC championship preview, and if it was, then we already know who's the best team in the That's AFC. Right. Ain't yeah. even close. Unless Baltimore can do something between now and then to to harness, you know, what uh what Mahomes is doing, or maybe Mahomes picks up an injury, but I just don't see anybody stopping. I don't either. They're the best team in the league by a mile. What? Defense is actually holding up for them too, yeah. which has always been like people thought they had to score forty a game, but your defense is giving up sub twenty. And Andy Reid is just a match made in heaven for for Mahomes. Yeah, that's um, who he wanted. That's who he's been dreaming about. You know, for like his what thirty year coaching career, he's been like waiting for that guy. And he had a he had you know he had McNabb for all those years, but. It's not even in the same universe. And McNabb, you know, him and McNabb took him to the Super Bowl, but now he's got like his, his guy, you know, and he built that team even before they got Mahomes because they already had a solid team with like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, like they had weapons there, and they had Alex Smith, you mm-hmm. know, they had a good team, but then when he got Mahomes and he knew like even though I got this perennial like Pro Bowl reserve quarterback at Alex Smith, you know, they traded him pretty quickly to Washington and got some picks for him. And he was ready to ride with Mahomes early. He's just a generational player. Oh, yeah. Um, we talked a couple – I don't know if it was last week, a couple weeks ago, but one of those players you just stop down what you're doing yep. and you watch him. Um, but, yeah, and, and I think Lamar Jackson has got exposed a little bit this game because there's not too many games in the NFL to where you can get away with throwing for 100-some-odd passing yards. I don't think he cracked 100, did he? It may have been 100. I think it was like 95, but yeah, I know what you're saying. 114 or something like that. you got to – not when the other guy's flinging it for 300 plus. You know, if if they go down quick and you've got to force Lamar to sit back and and throw the ball, I don't think that's where his strengths are. When It's the opposite. When they go up and you can take the ball out of the air a little bit and you can can let Mark Ingram work, you can let – Robbins, uh, Gus Edwards is there. Gus Edwards is there. J.K. Robbins is there. Um, mm. And he doesn't. And you can let Lamar Jackson run. I, that's where they're comfortable. But if they get behind and Lamar Jackson has to be a quarterback, rely on his arm. Rely on yep. his arm. I, that's I, that may be you know kind of where his limitations are, where or where he's got to work and get better. Because I don't think he can do what Dak Prescott does. Not throw it. What did he have? Like sixty-seven attempts in that game. Uh, Dak, maybe last game, yes, yeah, against Atlanta. Jeez. I think he had like sixty something, sixty three, sixty seven. But he's thrown for four fifty plus in two straight games. Yep. Um, but I think that was just interesting to me that they're twenty one and four since he took over. But they're oh three of those losses are against Kansas City. One of them was to Cleveland, wasn't it? They lost to Cleveland yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's so weird. Cleveland and Kansas City. But the the other game was the was a Sunday night game was Green Bay New Orleans. Um, and you know, I'm just super impressed with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, he's really got one weapon. He's got Aaron he Jones. He didn't play, did he? Uh, you're talking about Devontae Adams? And yeah, his, his, his receiver didn't play, mm-hmm. but he's still balling. Did you see, I think it was a stat, it was like how many touchdowns you throw into a first round receiver in your career? I think it was like, didn't he I think he, he had two, because he, t- he had one that game. So that was his second touchdown he's ever thrown to a first round wide receiver. Peyton Manning was at like... 293, yeah. you know, I can't remember who the second one was. It might have been, I don't know, it wasn't pretty. But just to give you an example, other guys were in the hundreds, and Aaron Rodgers had just thrown his second touchdown pass to a first-round wide receiver. So that just shows you he just gets, you know, whoever's left, they throw them together, and he just makes that shit work. He's Yeah, they they 
before Mahomes came, you would have said he was the best quarterback like of our generation. Because I picture him a little after Peyton and Manning. So it went like Peyton Manning and then Rodgers carried that throne for a few more years. And now it's, you know, rightfully in Patrick Mahomes' hands. Yeah, that's right. I, he's still I got totally it, man. He's still got it. They're 3-0. and He's still flinging the ball around everywhere um, with no help. You know, they spent their, what was the first round pick on, on Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Yeah, which, which got to piss him off. And now he's on the other side of it because, you know, that situation when he got drafted with Favre still there. Yeah, but Favre was much older. He was. And he was further a lot along older. in his career. Yeah. So I think that's why. Because they're like, because to me, when they did that, it was telling Aaron Rodgers, like, all right, there's a ticking clock on you. We know we're, you're declining right now. We need you to groom this guy. And he's just like, you know, I still got so many good years left in yeah, me. Yeah, he's not ready you to. You can make that pick in three years when I'm ready to groom someone. So And then again, Drew Brees not looking good. No, nope. and know. you know you can't put it all on Michael Thomas not being there. No, you still got you still got Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara, who even if he moved to the slot now would probably be one of the top slot receivers in the league. So he, I get he's a running back, but that guy's a fucking wide receiver. He's a weapon. Yeah, anywhere just, you put him, everywhere you put him. So they got guys out there that can play. You can't just say it's got it's Michael Thomas. That's why they're declining. Like I don't know, man. He's just he's just lost. Not. I wouldn't say he's lost it this year, but he's lost something on his on his game this year. I think so. It's not the same Drew Brees we've you know, we seen for about fifteen time. years, yeah. all the time. I mean, Drew or uh, Peyton Manning that last year was throwing fucking ducks in the Super Bowl. Mm, yeah, won the won the Super Bowl, but you were like, bro, you are done. Ride that he was ride that ride that horse out into the sunset because that is your last game you're ever going to play. You know, he was pretty evident that whole year. You're right, and he he did it the right way. He got it. He got his. Last championship, and he was With out. a tremendous defense that mm-hmm. carried him, you know, so. But, yeah, like you said, it's just caught up to him, man. And then just little things. Jason Garrett and the New York Giants, I mean, they are a dumpster fire. You could just say the NFC East, to be Well, honest. yeah, I just I want to shit on Jason Garrett <laughs> But you just want to take second. time to yes. shit on Garrett? Okay, I'm yeah. cool with it. And granted, Barkley's out, but still. Did they score a touchdown that game? I've li- those at field goals. The last time I saw it was they had nine on the board. I, I don't know was, how it I think finished. It was field goals. I don't know. Oh, how it you don't finished, know? Yeah. Um, if they had more than that, but um, the last time I saw they had nine on the board. But that's mm-hmm. how that's Garrett loves it. Jeez. Put a put together a thirteen play, seventy eight yard drive, get a field goal. Get a field goal and clap all the way home. Clap, <laughs> clap to the cows come home. <laughs> yeah. And then the the Eagles don't feel bad for him. Carson Wentz is terrible. Did you see the stat? Um, I forgot who put it out. It was on – I think it was posted on Twitter and then I saw it on Reddit. But it said if Russell Wilson could throw 46 interceptions on his next 43 pass attempts and still have a better passer rating than Carson Wentz. That's fucking crazy, man. Just to show you how great one guy's been and then I don't know what happened to Wentz. I mean, he did – that 2018 season would have been an MVP season when they won the Super Bowl and Foles went down. It's not a lingering issue for him, like injury-wise. I don't know if it's mental. I know they don't have many weapons. And um, I had Goddard on my team, and he went out. He's on the IR with like a fractured ankle. I mean, they got Zach Ertz. They got Miles Sanders as a good running back. They got they drafted Jalen Rager. They got Alshon Jeffrey. Like they give them weapons, you know. But their line is decimated, and I am a weird, twisted human being. So like, when the Eagles have a bad game. Uh, then on the next Monday, I will on the radio.com app, I will tune into Philly Radio oh, just to listen to just, just the meltdown. 
these people are going insane. They're already calling for for Hertz. Hertz. Yeah. But one of the riders up there has a source that says that um, Wentz has a case of the yips. No like shit. they went back and looked at the film and he's just straight up missing dudes. High, low, left, right. And yeah. the writer, the the source said, I really think he has a case of the yips. Because they're out. getting practice reports yeah. that he's doing this in practice. So it won't be it won't be too long before Jalen Hurts takes over. And I wouldn't be surprised for that team to take off. Because Jalen Hurts, we saw it in the national championship with Alabama when he get when Tua took over for him. We saw it at Oklahoma. He can adapt to different systems. He's got that leadership mentality. Yeah, he led two teams to playoffs. Yeah, in, in college, that's and he was in the Heisman. Rate. He was in the Heisman conversation every year. Mm-hmm. You know, every year he was a starter. So I wouldn't be surprised for the Eagles to take off because you're right. They have they, and he's more of that new generation of quarterback that can run and throw. I mean, he's on a level athletically with someone like Kyler Murray. I Not agree. quite a Lamar Jackson because he's just built for speed. But, um, yeah, why not, dude? If I was a diehard Philly fan and I could see with my eyes what Wentz is doing, I'd say, what? but I heard Doug Peterson say, like, you know, we're not doing that. We're not even thinking about it. And it's like, okay, at what point are you going to, man? Unless we're just going to tank this whole year and get a and Justin lo- Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and they're, yeah, I could really see the Giants going 2-14. and 14. The Giants? Sticking with Daniel Jones or getting a new quarterback? You know, if you're sitting at that spot – and you got Trevor Lawrence sitting there. I don't think you can pass it up unless you want to play ball with somebody and, and get a haul of picks. You would get the fucking greatest haul because everyone's looking at him as like football Jesus. Yeah. So it's like you want to pass on football Jesus and keep Danny Dimes? Well, I'm going to need your next five first-round picks, you know, and, and rotating twos. Like I would need – like it would make Herschel Walker trade look like peanuts. I could really see them winning two games. And imagine Trevor having to – I don't want him to because I don't want to fuck with Trevor Lawrence for the next decade. But he's got Jason Garrett as his offensive coordinator. So <laughs> now take it easy. If they if the Giants drafted Trevor Lawrence, I would say fire everybody, hire whoever Trevor wants. So they want Dabo to come coach the Giants, leave Death Valley, and come up to New York. Saquon with Trevor Lawrence would be fucking scary. I really want until this, Saquon got hurt. As long as they don't touch. Lincoln Riley. I really want this to be like a three-year McCarthy experiment, maybe four, and then let's go get Lincoln Riley. Like, we've tried the established. So you're just saying you don't want to win for three or four years, though? You already think that would be a, a failed experiment with well, McCarthy? I mean, I mean, we'll get it. We'll get to it in our recap. I just I don't see it. I don't see it with this team. Three weeks into a new era. But it, it's, it's hard early, to disagree. But I've got I've got 25, 26, 27 years of you know background to base it off of. Yeah. And we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we've changed coaches, we've changed coordinators. Slo- slews of players have come through, and it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing with this team. You know, Michael Bennett came in last year, and he had to be the one to step up and try to motivate these guys to play at their highest level. Why isn't that DeMarcus Ware? Why isn't that Dak Prescott? Why isn't that 
Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he he called out the team because he, call, he, called he them was out. on that Philly team when they when they made it, and he was like, you know, this is nothing like a championship team when I was on one. So is this a culture thing? Does does this start I still from think Jerry? It, I think it's still and Camp it, Cupcake. And it they trickles, don't hold these guys accountable. And it trickles all the way down? Because look at Jalen Smith. If they held him accountable, he wouldn't be getting so much fucking playing time after all these blown uh, coverages and missed tackles. But you know what? He makes this much money, so we got to pay him. Or they'll say this guy was drafted at this spot, so we got to play him. Yeah, they need know. to make. That's what I like about New England, or like, or even better when Jimmy was coach, and they said every day was a competition. Doesn't matter if you're a first round pick or undrafted. If you're the better player that week, you're gonna get to start that week. This is a far cry from Jimmy Johnson. That's how um, it was, though, man. They, they battled. You know, nobody was safe. Maybe Troy Aikman. You know, you're starting quarterback. I don't think anybody's taking his job, but. So when Alvin Harper's challenging Michael Irvin as number one spot, it's going to make Michael Irvin that much better. I agree. It's just a far, far Long cry from that. Long fucking time ago, dude. That um, seems like another lifetime ago. So let's move on to the NBA Finals. Uh, it's the it's, Lakers in Miami. It's at halftime right now. Lakers up 65-48. So I didn't get to see all the stats. I'm sure LeBron and AD are just hanging dong on them. Sucks for me because I put a $20 bet on Miami just as like a – just to – be a wild card because me and my buddy at work usually makes bets, and he was adding about LA. Well, and I, I don't blame him. I mean, I got a few little stats. The Lakers trailed by as many as 13 points at one point, and then they went off and made 11 three pointers. Golly. And then LeBron James has nine points, six rebounds, seven assists, and Jimmy Butler's got 16 points, four assists. And see, I like Miami because I like the matchup. You could put Butler on LeBron. Or you could put Jay Crowder on LeBron and save Butler on the offensive end, and then you got Bam. To cover AD, obviously AD's the better player, but Bam's one of the few guys in the league that could actually hang with them, you know, athletically. And then I just like the role players of Miami better. I like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Gordon Dragic. All those guys are like 3 and D guys, you know. So I just like the story more for, for Miami. And ever since Dwayne Wade retired, I can actually say I don't despise them nearly as much. I think it was more of a Dwayne Wade hate. It definitely was. For, for a lot for of me. Dallas people. Oh, that's that's from a lot of Dallas. So, you know, it's it's like if the Yankees played the, I don't know, the Yankees. <laughs> it's like both teams I don't like, you know, in baseball. Or like if the, when the, when the here, here's a good one, when New England played Philly in the Super Bowl, I wanted them to both fucking lose. You know, like it was a lose-lose for me. So I'm like, you know, I, I guess I'd rather Miami win because I like, I like Eric Spolstra. I saw um, this stat the other day that since he's made this final, he's one of like four coaches now to make five finals. The other ones, Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, and Red Auerbach. Mm-hmm. And now it's Eric Spolstra. And everyone gives Spolstra shit because he inherited this Miami team. He still had to manage those guys, all those big names, big personalities. He still led them to four championship appearances. And then and then you had three Hall of Famers leave. LeBron, Wade, Bosh, all leave. They built that shit right back up. They drafted everyone except for Drogage. And um and Butler, everyone else is like homegrown on that. Well, Jay Crowd used to play for us. We drafted him, I think. But you know, everyone else is like homegrown. He, they he, just and those were like hard finds, like out of the lottery, second round picks, late first round picks. And Udonis Haslam has been in the he's finals still on in that. three different decades. Holy shit, he was on that 2006 team, the eleven team, and then I saw one. him too. He looked like such an OG. He's like grand, but yeah. he was like the heart and soul of that he was even back in the day in the 06 finals. He was like the he heart was and soul like the, of that He team. was the motor guy because he's from Miami. Yeah, he's a Miami guy through and through. Man, look at that good stat. Now <laughs> in three different decades. Yeah, I saw that, and it's LeBron's tenth final appearance. He's only got three rings though, or yeah. is it four? No, he's got three. Three. He's got two with Miami and one with. Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah, because the other two in Miami, we, we beat them and San Antonio beat them. So he went 
two of four in Miami after talking about not winning five, not six, yeah. not seven. He won two. Um, but yeah, that's his. That's his tenth. He's in his tenth finals appearance, which is. A and crazy I still stat. give him props because people be like, "Oh, Jordan never lost." Like, yeah, but Jordan had Pippen and Horace Grant and Tony Kukoc and Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson. Like, this guy took like several Cleveland teams to the finals, carried them on his fucking back. You know what I mean? He had Kyrie and Kevin Love, which doesn't equate to Horace Grant. Yeah, but and, before that, he had Anderson Vergel. Yeah, you know, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. Baron Davis. So. Yeah, he had he had that good team. That was a good. That was the team they won it on. Obviously, after going down three to one. But before yeah, my that, thing was even as good as they were. Kevin Love and um, Kyrie, Kyrie doesn't equate to Pippen and Horace Grant and all those other guys you yeah. mentioned. That Dennis Rodman, they're who not was the, the same, defensive yeah. player of the year, which kind of makes LeBron's that those appearances even better. Um, I'm not a LeBron hater, really. I don't. I don't see who could be a LeBron hater. I mean, he's. The greatest basketball player we've seen in our generation. He's a, he's on the Mount Rushmore of basketball, hands down. Yeah, for sure. If anyone says he's not, then they're just a hater or they don't watch basketball. He's the greatest physical specimen I think that's ever lived. He's 37 and can still just take flight from anywhere on the court. He can take over a game and you whenever hear, he wants. Did you hear that crazy rumor that during that lockdown, because didn't the NBA have a lockdown or a lockout mm-hmm. season, that Jerry Jones offered him a contract to play tight to end? play tight end. Yeah. Did yeah. you imagine that? He he wanted to. I know he did. He he's been a Cowboys fan his whole life mm-hmm. too. That would have been the only team he would play it for, but And I saw highlights when he was in high school of him playing football. It was stupid. It was even absolute. then he had the frame of like a at least a college tight end. Yeah, he was like six six or six seven. Yeah, dude. The way he's filled out, he could play he could retire from basketball and be like play one or two years of football if he wanted to. I'm sure he could. Easily. Um, so he's, he, he's, he's one he's the greatest athlete I've ever seen. There's a fair point, yeah. It's a really good argument, at least. Yeah. Um, you got predictions on this one? I would say Miami in seven, because realistically, it's probably going to be LA in like five or six. Yeah, but since I put money on Miami, I think, if anything, they're going to have to take it in seven. I don't see them getting out maybe six, but even then, it's like, I don't know, man. I think my, I think it's going to be LA, but I put money on it, so I'm going to ride with it. It was, I, it was just it was a fun bet, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I've got L.A. in five because I just don't think A.D. and LeBron are going to be denied. And you you make a great point. There's matchups to be made. Um, I think Miami does match up well. I, do, I think they have the bench to compete. Yeah, they got the better role players yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just don't think they have the big stars to and, compete. As and, good as Jimmy Buckets is and has been throughout this run, um, I just don't think they're going to be denied. I think it's, it's L.A. in five. And I said this since the day, like the day after Kobe died. It's like, man, Miami or LA's on a mission now to win it for Kobe. Yep. So, yep. To honor him, you know, to get one for him because you know they're going to dedicate all this to Kobe if they win it. So, I thought it was like a, there was a that, moment of destiny. I don't know if you then. saw that picture, but in in I don't know if LeBron did this on purpose or not, but it showed, um, it showed Kobe celebrating. "Quote unquote," celebrating the Western Conference Final victory, and he's like standing off to the side with his arms folded. And then LeBron has showed when they won the Western Conference Final, he's sitting down on the floor uh, with his hands kind of on his knees, not celebrating, stone faced. Um, and it kind of had those pictures side by side, kind kind of comparing just, the mindset. That was just Kobe, though, yeah. Um, so you know, and, and they put a quote underneath it, you know, from LeBron saying, "Hey, you know, work's not done." Yeah. But uh, no, I got LA in five. He, 
for your bet's sake, you said I'll Miami, Miami and seven, and seven. Which, that would be good for everybody. I mean, if you take another seven game, you know. Oh, yeah. And I think Miami's the best team out of the East, so we got what we wanted. I would have thought the Clippers were going to make this. Little did I know there was so much drama in that, that locker room. Like, they fucking hate each other. So that already blew up. So once that happened, it was like. Doc Rivers is already out. Doc Rivers is out, yeah. Ka- Kyrie, or not Kyrie, uh, Kawhi and Paul George have one more year on their contract. And they traded like, they don't have a first round pick for like seven years, dude. No. They traded everything to get those guys. And it's like. Well, it all comes down to next year. If y'all don't year. win, y'all are going to be back to being the fucking Clippers really quick. Yeah. I hope they do because they got so big headed so fast. Thought they were the hot shit in the league. And then, you know. Lost lost a three one lead to the Nuggets. Remember Lob City when that first started? Yeah, CP, that's what started it all. But it was, to me, that was never that was more a show like run and gun than that wasn't a championship team. No, you're not going to win a championship with Lob City. It's fun to watch. You know, I remember Blake Griffin dumping over jumping over a Kia on the dunk contest. Like that was cool, but ain't going to win a fucking championship now. He's got busted ass knees. Yep. All right, so let's move on and cry some star-shaped tears for our <laughs> local Dallas Stars who put up a good effort uh, but ultimately ended up losing in I six. I that game six wasn't a good effort. Everything, look, based on what the roster they were playing with, with all the guys they were missing, the whole run, when you take it as a whole, that was an incredible run. Um, no, it was a great run. I'm saying just, game six sucked. No, we hit a wall. Hard, dude. Um, Tampa Bay just wanted it, and you could Tampa tell. Tampa Bay's been working at that for years. Yeah. That team's been like a top team in the East for like three or four years now. Whereas we were like a surprise team, like last year. You know, we made we we pushed St. Louis to to a game seven overtime, and St. Louis ended up winning the championship. So last year we made some real noise. That was the first time in a minute we've made noise in the playoffs. So being hopeful, but you know, coming into the bubble and then starting the bubble, we were looking at looking like shit because we, we were like one in eleven. Yeah, we were the underdog in every series we were in, and then but. Once we beat, once we just manhandled Vegas, I I really thought that was turning a page for us because Vegas is a good team. Everyone predicted Vegas to beat us. We beat them four one, but you know I think we won game one against Tampa Bay based on Tampa Bay just being out of it, tired. Because after that game, games two, three, four, and even five when we won, that was all Tampa Bay. That game five Saturday night, that first overtime, that was the tight fucking butthole super tight butthole yeah like i was expecting them because it was it was all in their end you know we couldn't even get we couldn't even clear the puck out of our out of our end to get onto the offense you know everything was just icing or just letting them get shot whatever they want and you know good thing we had doby for that but there's a couple things you know our big our our first line big big scores they disappeared didn't show up and then our penalties kept getting us in trouble and, and tampa bay would take advantage of those penalties we were like one of 16 tampa bay was like seven of 17 how the fuck do you expect to win any series with that yeah. advantage so just those penalties that, kept uh, they, hurting they us. took advantage of their opportunities and we squandered our opportunities yeah. that'd be a good way yeah. to put it and then i think they were you know i hate to say it they were just a better team and game in game six that was probably one of the worst elimination games i've ever seen going into the third quarter i think it was 25 to 9 shots on goal we had nine shots on goal going into the third, and I think only two or three of them were an actual good look. The rest were just put it put it in the net, put it in front of the net, and let him just handle it. So you know, and that first goal for Tampa Bay with point. I don't know if you remember that he, he had the shot on goal, and Hadobin thought he he must have thought he trapped it because he just locked up, dude. He froze, which that's what a, a goalie will do when they think they got it. They think it's between their legs or something. They just freeze. And wait for the whistle. Yeah, wait for the whistle and you have a face-off. He thought he had it froze, and then we had three fucking defensemen right there. Could have just closed in and cleared that puck. Brandon Point got his rebound, just 
right fucking in right over right over Dobie. Dobie didn't even move because he thought he had a trap. So it was it was an open net. That was so disappointing to see them give that up. And then, you know, I was like, well, we kept it close. It was close until they scored that second goal. And then I'm like, all right, our offense is non-existent. It's a championship game, so let's score. Some. And then just ticking down, ticking down. And I was watching that with the game with my brother-in-law, so we were just pounding whiskey. And um, rightfully so. Yeah, and it was just it just got to the point where I was just taking taking a shot of whiskey tears. And so, like, when they, I watched it down to about ten seconds. Ten seconds left in the game. They cleared the puck on the. I want to hear the final call. They, they, yeah, they started ripping off their gloves, and I said, "Fuck this, man!" I just turned it off right there. I was like, I'm not going to watch those cocksuckers celebrate. They deserved it. They won fair and square. I'm not going to watch them celebrate. And with the craziness of this year and then the schedule and the delay with COVID and everything, the Should draft, started. the draft is in like six days. Wow. So especially Tampa Bay and Dallas, they've got to be multitasking right, while yeah. they're in the finals. They've still got to be scouting and getting draft Watching boards ready and, <laughs> And so I heard that today, and I'm like, God. And then I got to thinking about it. I was like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, we had a huge delay, and right now it would be preseason. Mm-hmm. I get a roar right on this the beginning. This would be getting ready for the season. Yeah, it's always around like late, Octo- late October-ish. Um, so, and you got the Kraken coming. Is that are they coming in this year? This year. Next? I think so it's So they're going to have to do an expansion draft. Or maybe next year. I'm sorry. I could be wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll have to double check, but they were talking about that today, and like, yeah, that's how Vegas got so good. They they made all these new rules for the expansion draft. Vegas got a loaded roster. I don't think I think they'll revise. I think they'll revise that going. They fucking should, man. Going forward, Vegas came out brand new team made it to the Stanley Cup. Like but, I and I want you to have a good team. You should be one of the top teams in the league. The just first year you're stealing all of my players. Yeah, fuck that. I want to I want to hoard all my guys. I just want to give them all a big bear hug. <laughs> you know, we got so many good young players that just got awesome experience. I know we're probably going to lose Perry. And Hadobin, but and that's the and that's the other question: free agency. Are we going to be able to find other older kind of veterans to fill out the veteran, the fill the void that the the veterans yeah, we had this year that. to Especially, fill that void? Yeah. So it's going to be super interesting going into the off season. But you know, our core, the core is coming back. You know, and we just heard about all the injuries that Tyler Sagan yeah, had, it was like wrist, hip. Uh, groin. I mean, the guy was obviously banged up, which explains a lot. And hockey, ta- hockey players are the toughest fucking dudes on earth. I agree. So I understand why he was playing through it, but that actually is a bit of relief because everyone's worn, wondering what was up with Sagan. You know, and he's only twenty eight. He's so, twenty eight, and he's locked up for like the next seven years. And then you know, Jamie Ben, he's only a couple years older. He may be thirty one. He's time, he's dude. locked up. So Klinger, we can lock up Klingberg, and then um, Haskinen. You know, that's your core going forward. You Radulov. got well, Radulov. I'm yeah, but that's your front line, and then your 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 top two defenders. That's your top, and then you got Garyanov is still young. I want to say Pavelski was on a three year deal, which and he showed up great. huge. And you Pavelski, know, Dobby, and Perry, we're gonna lose Dobby. Um, yeah, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid. Which I don't blame the guy. I love him, but but know, we have Ben Bishop, and then that young kid they're really high on. Yeah, and the young kid's the one that they're talking about the most, like because I don't know, I don't know what's up with Bishop. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he came in for that one game against Colorado and gave up like five fucking goals. Yeah, and then he, he wasn't. Were, and right. then you see him like in the stands, like wearing a mask and clapping. And it's like, yeah, he might be done. So that was uh, like we said, um, our championship drought here in DFW continues. Um, doesn't look good. Uh, doesn't look good for the Cowboys. The Rangers just locked up the second overall pick. Yeah. They couldn't suck long enough to get the first yeah, overall pick. Yeah, they played pick. the young guys, which I'm glad, but it's like, just fucking throw Oh, and then I read more. a tweet 
that Ray Davies was on a conference call and who's the owner of the Texas Rangers. Um, and he said, as long as, as long as I'm healthy and God keeps me on this, on this earth, I don't have any plans of selling. And the little part of me died because I just wish we could get some ownership in here. Yeah. Do something to win. Because it's a cast machine for them, dude. They don't care about the fans or the, you know, the glory of the game. He's like, I made how many hundreds of millions straight profit this year? Sweet. Let's do that next year while spending bare minimum on players. Too bad Cuban couldn't have got in. Yeah. A few years. They just weren't ready for a guy like Cuban. He Somebody that's going to come in and like ruffle a feathers. Like real maverick. Yeah. <laughs> Ayo. Ooh. All right. So that was, uh, that was a little bit of NHL talk. Stanley Cup talk. Dallas Stars talk wrapped up uh, into one little segment. Um, so... Couple more things here. Let's let's get into a Cowboys recap. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I don't really have anything written down. Uh, we're just a stupid, stupid football team. Um, Except for Diggs on that um, DK Metcalf save. That was pretty clutch. Yeah, Saving no, that, touchdown. that was that was a really head. That was the highlight of our defense besides Alden Smith. That was a heads up play. Um, but I just can't go into a game anymore thinking that we're not going to make the stupid play. We're not going to make the stupid penalty. We're not going to give um, up third down conversions or you know, I think, lose the turnover battle. I think there was a drive where we got off the field on a third down and there was a penalty on uh, maybe Brandon Carr or um, – That just kept him going. And Was and that then, the one right before the half maybe? Yeah. Because um, there was several where it was like penalties kept us going. It was third down penalties, too. It was like third you down said, penalties. Which just fucking kills me. And then dude. later on in that same drive was another third down. Um, and there was another defensive holding in the secondary in the in the, uh, in the the end zone that kept it alive. But we got we got off the field on eight out of 13 drives. Now, if I would have told you that we got eight stops, eight third down stops out of 13 drives, you would have thought we won the game. Especially not, with the way. Not giving up. 38 especially with the way Russell's Russell Wilson's playing but there's something there's something going on with this team and I don't want to hear that I gave them the excuse week one maybe week two that oh we didn't have a preseason you know we didn't have time to prepare that it's horseshit it's everybody though too it's everybody it's everyone's feeling that. everybody's missing linemen everybody's yep. doing this everybody started at the same point but you're NFL players you're not college players you're not college kids at some point you've got to You've got to make plays. And for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to run just straight through your secondary, something is fucking wrong. Yeah, multiple times they would just run a straight uh, go route and be wide open. There was one. There was that one. It wasn't the Metcalf. I think it was a Lockett one. That ball seemed like it was in the air for 10 seconds. And then, like, I think Lockett slowed down a little bit. And our guys still weren't there. He was able to slow down and still catch it, you know, for, a, like, a 40-yard touchdown. It's, it's, it's always making the – it's always making the dumb penalty. It's always, you know, communication issue that or this person's hurt. Everybody's dealing with it. And other teams find ways. Yeah, the guys step up and it, players adjust. And that's why, you know, I talked about it earlier. I don't know if this is, you know, we've changed coaches now. We've changed coordinators. We've done this. You know, it's Dak. It's a new regime. I don't have any faith. And it does. I get, is it starting from the top down? Is it Jerry? Does he... His decisions and his attitude and the way, yeah, because he's the, he controls everything. Does it permeate? Nothing all happens the way without through? Jerry without him knowing and saying so. So yeah, who else would you blame it on? I mean, other I, than I the owner, now. the CEO, the general manager, the team president. He's all those fucking things. So yeah, it starts with him. 
I mean, is 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 Mike McCarthy that bad of a coach? I don't know. He might be. He might have his balls in Jerry's pocket. Maybe that's why he's a bad coach. And maybe that you know. Maybe that's because you know the only the only coach that ever came in here and was able to shut Jerry up was Bill Parcells, and he took a Quincy Carter led team to the fucking playoffs. Someone has to come in here and just tell Jerry to let them run their own fucking team. And Jerry yeah. just won't do it. And he's had a history. That's why he got rid of Jimmy after winning, after starting a dynasty. He got rid of him because he couldn't have his way. So, it yeah, it's credit. Like, he wanted credit. Instead, he just fucked us from having probably the greatest team in, like, NFL history. So, what did the game end up? 38 31? 38 31. So, yeah, because um, Seattle went for that two point to make it a full touchdown lead. Yeah. yeah. And then it came down. You know, we had a chance to And we had to stop end. on that. We yeah. had to stop on that, and there was a penalty. I think Tristan Hill got called for roughing the roughing passer. Roughing the passer after he alligator cat tackled uh, Carson and, I don't and Anton Woods landed, landed on yeah, him. The human log. Um, but, you know, what's scary is, is that we are a fluke onside kick away from being 0-3. Yeah. And on that same token, where you change a play, one or two plays here and there from that, from that um, L.A. game, and a couple plays here or there from this Seattle game, and we're four or five plays away from being three and zero. Yeah, that's why it's it's it, it it's extremely three frustrating. Games in, I couldn't tell you what kind of team we are. I could tell you we're in a shitty fucking division, so we got an inside lead to the playoffs. But it's like, what you know, make the playoffs and what get destroyed in the first matchup, or hope you win one or two. I can tell you we're an extremely dumb football team. We don't do the little things right, and good football teams they do all the little stuff right. Yeah, because that's what they work on. Because they they got the big stuff down. So now it's like, that's like New England. You know, they worry about the details because we're gonna handle our shit everywhere else. We need to focus on these little details that are gonna change the game because you no know, other teams aren't planning for that. And I guess Jerry's gonna give them give the secondary one more week before Thomas. Before something. Thomas, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think you. I don't think he's bringing Eric Reed in here. But you know, because the whole social justice, his stance on social justice. Man, when you said that, for some reason, I thought Ed Reed, and I was like, fuck yeah. Well, no, Ed Reed could probably step off the... Ste- He'd still be better than yeah. what we got. Yeah, Absolutely. I loved Ed Reed. That's probably my favorite safety of all time. Bring Roy Williams' fat ass back here, and he's better than what we're trotting out there. Okay, now, now you're just daydreaming. Roy now, Williams is pretty bad. Now I'm just... Roy Williams hadn't been good since Oklahoma. I don't... Dude, I don't know. But um, Darian Thompson and Xavier Woods, they are not NFL starters. You like Woods? I think by Where, comparison, he looks he good. Been? I miss Jeff Heath. I know, dude. And I like Jeff Heath before, you know, it became a joke. I'm like, what's wrong with Jeff Heath? He's a good. He's fine. I mean, he would miss a tackle here and there, but we were talking about Dallas Cowboys. On the other hand, he also slobber knock you, too. Yeah. He would, he would, he would hit you in the mouth, out. dude. Special teams captain. Like, probably because he reminded me of Bill Bates, who's my all-time favorite cowboy. That was like me and my dad's favorite growing token up. token white guy. Just token white guy, try hard, played safety. Lunch pail guy. Lunch, yeah, Bring your lunch pail. All, all those. He was a fucking special stereotypes. teams captain. Yeah, he probably shot good free throws. <laughs> played tough defense and street ball, right? Uh, but uh, they're just, you know, we're. I know we're down a couple corners, but Cheeto is probably our best corner outside. And I think Diggs. Diggs is. I think rapidly ascending though. By week eight, it'll be Diggs because he made a comment that you know the game's slowing down for him. And it's it's getting easier for him, and he's had tight coverages all all three games. He's been in position to make plays. Yeah, he's made. He's been like millisecond little, away. It's been those little things that 
just come with experience. But one thing he does that gives me hope is he'll turn and locate the ball. Yeah. We didn't do that for any of the Chris Rashad years. So just the fact that he's locating the ball is a sign of improvement for me. And he had the Metcalf save. So I really like Diggs. I think that was a no, fucking great second round I just pick. think the secondary as a whole, it's not even close. So I guess like Jerry's going to give them one more week to show their ass before. Well, and you know what they could do is invest in a fucking safety when it comes to the draft. This team never has. Yeah, why don't you invest in a nose tackle and a safety and see how that does you for defense instead of just putting together this Frankenstein roster because the offense is good. If the offense wasn't always in this hole, which Atlanta, they shot themselves in the foot. But if they could play like a game and actually be leading into halftime, I would love to see that just to see how this team would look instead of always being down, you know, 19 going in the end of that half, and then the other one, I think we, at one point, wasn't it like 30-15? Uh, it was 23-15 because they made the note that that was the first time that score was ever at a halftime. And then um, so Dak had, a, Dak had the interception before the first half that led to the touchdown, and then he had an interception to start the third, which led to a touchdown. That's what fucking killed us. I don't I don't blame him for the second or the th- – uh, which one? Uh, one had got tipped. Yeah, and well, yeah and those, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him on that one, and I don't blame him on the last one. It was easy. No, that for, was a hell mary. It like was easy moment. for all of us to say, "Well, you had X amount of seconds left. Throw the ball out and give us another chance," because that was third down. We would have had one more chance. But the dude battled to save, to stay up and yeah, save us. Ama- it was amazing he stayed up. And it's just a, it's a football play where he's just trying to give his team a chance. I don't blame him on that one. He had one bad pick, and you know it was one of those things where if he led him too far. Out in front, the safety was going to get it. And if he threw it on the inside, that corner was going to get it. So it was just one of those plays where... He probably if, regretted that throw immediately. Yeah, if he, want, if he wanted to have any of them back, it would have been that one. Yeah. And he, he probably he probably watched it on the sideline. He probably watched it on the way home. But that was just a brutal like back-to-back. To see that in, see one half in like that and then see the other one start, it just it's demoralizing. And then, Paul, and then Pollard... Whatever the hell that was on that kickoff when he fumbled the kickoff and then just sat there and, then and watched it. And watched those Seattle guys come and then took and basically just had to fall on it. And then that's what led to the Zeke safety. So it's all, like you said, it's little stuff. Like, what the fuck was that, man? And then the two extra points, you know, you take all that away and it's a close game. That's why I say I could, you know, I could see us being 0-3 and, and I can see us being 3-0. and Yeah. And it's just that razor thin and that's all the margins across the nfl yeah. greg, greg, greg zerline i feel more confident of him knocking one down from 45 than i do an extra point now i don't need dude he he makes me so nervous and, and what's up with the was it wasn't uh kai forbath is that who he had yeah and he was what's perfect he doing he was perfect 10 for 10 last year for no but is he on a team right now because i'd bring in some fucking competition i really wish they would have more competition like we were talking about man like last year with maher they wouldn't bring in anybody to compete with them they just let them Miss after miss after miss, and it's like give the man some competition, light a fire under him, and let him know, hey, your job's not guaranteed. You have to do better, or we will replace you. But there were a few positives. Um, at one point in the game, I don't know if it was a Kellen thing or a McCarthy thing, but they made some substitutions on the uh, on the offensive line. Yeah, that was a great they brought move to, kick, to kick Martin out to tackle. Yeah, and then fucking time. And then and then once he once we did that, everything kind of stabilized for Dak. He wasn't he wasn't having to feel the pocket and move the pocket so much. He had a little bit more time um, to kind of set up and see the field. And I, at that point, everything kind of started clicking, and he wasn't running for his life so much. So again, that's one positive. Yeah, I really like the fact that they put Biotis in and kicked 
uh, Martin out to tackle. Yep, um, that was that's a just great one in-game adjustment that they made. That would never happen under Mm-mm. under even McCarthy. even in that in that uh, Atlanta game with uh, Adrian Claiborne just working Chaz Green. All they, they they barely made an adjustment. Would they? I think they finally like brought over a tight end to cover him. What's that gonna do? Didn't do much because Claiborne hit like seven sacks that game, dude. It was ridiculous. He got paid off that game. He did. He hit a he hit a, a his whole yearly sack bonus, mm-hmm. and then he got paid because I think he's playing for uh, Browns now. Mm-hmm. They're saying like you know we got Miles Garrett next week or this week. You know who's on the other end? Adrian Claiborne. And on that note, let's let's go into a Cowboys Week Four preview. Well, we- real quick, let's give a shout out to Cedric Wilson though. Last game. Oh, he first showed two up. touchdowns. Yeah, some people like don't remember who he is. Apparently, he's a. I think it was a six-round pick out of Boise State. Had a great camp. Two, his first two touchdowns of his career came in that game. Yeah, so, Cedric had, Wilson. He had injuries his first few years in the league. He always kind of stuck around. Boise State guys. Oh, yeah. There's that There's that pipeline there. So, I just want to give him a shout-out. Because, no, you know, sure. that was like he got, like, that ball fucking mounted in his house right now. Shout-out Alden Smith for leading the league in sacks. Because if it wasn't for him, there was there is no pass rush. Nope. At all. That That's our defense right there is Alden Smith getting to the ball. Tristan Hill looked pretty good. Uh Compared to last year, where people just thought like he was the next taco. Well, he didn't dress for. Yeah. However, I think uh, it was like eleven out of sixteen games he didn't dress. So yeah, huge improvement. Um, he looks like he's using his hands a lot better. He looks quicker with his hands. He's more dominant. Um, he's more disruptive in the middle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no taco or not taco. Geez, um, Tristan Hill and. Uh, and Alden Smith, Alden Smith especially is a is a is a I've good. I've they're already talking contract extension with them. Really, just I don't to lock him down for like another couple of years. Wouldn't be a bad idea. High. No, he's looking great. So the Cowboys got Cleveland Browns coming in this week, twelve noon, AT and T Stadium. I don't feel nearly as confident in this no. game as I probably should. No, I, no, and everybody is. And like, oh, it's the Browns, but this isn't. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, it's fucking Browns. This yeah. isn't Tim Couch's Browns. I, I mean, put on here. You have to make Baker beat you. You have yeah. to make him. You can't let Nick Chubb run for. Because I heard today they they lead the league in like twenty yard runs because with Kamara and or not Kamara, Kura, Cream Hunt, Hunt, Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's averaging almost six yards per carry, and he's a workhorse. You know, he's not. He's getting probably twenty twenty five carries a game, averaging five point seven carries. Dude, you can't let them. You have to force Baker to and make that, throws. But that scares me because of what what Atlanta did to our secondary, and then what yeah, Seattle that's did. Matt Ryan throwing to. To, in my opinion, better receivers. I like. Don't get me wrong. Jarvis Landry's a great slot, um, a slot possession receiver. He's not a burner. He's not gonna go up and grab it like Dez used to or Gallup does now. And then Odell just ain't the same, man. So I, I want to shut that running game down and make Baker pick us apart. That's the only way we're gonna win, or not the only way because I think it's if anything we're. I think we're a better team, but like you said, it's not it's not like what people think about when they think of the Browns. This is a good team with a good defense. I think I think it's gonna be a really tough game. It's gonna be a really tough game. I think it's game. a one possession game. If we give our stores scores later on, like it's it's gonna be a one possession game in my opinion. Uh I think uh Tyron Smith is gonna be back. Lyle Collins, that whole thing is spun into Dude, I heard he might miss the year. Yeah. It, they're talking about IR and they're not even sure like if he's gonna play this year. And what's crazy is I remember he was in a car accident, right? Which I didn't right think at was the a beginning. Big deal. Of, I thought it was a it minor. Wasn't. But I'm wondering if that's not something that they don't want to say, or don't want to talk about, or if something stemming from that is what's going on here. I just heard he was out of shape. That's what it was at the beginning, camp. but but now they're saying it's like his hip, and so I don't know if that was from like a car wreck or like you said, just something totally different. 
But they're being this is weird. It's yeah, it's getting into pretty, weird territory yeah. now. And that's a Pro Bowl tackle. You know, and they didn't put him. Back. They didn't put him on IR, so it wasn't so bad to where they think he couldn't come back. You know, after three weeks or whatever, six weeks, whatever the IR is this year. Yeah, they gave him a three week timetable, but if you put him on IR, they have to stay three weeks. Right. So, but I think Tyron will be back. That'll put eighty percent of your line back together. Um, Still keep Martin on the outside. I don't know if you do that or if you, because I think Biotish is going to stay as the center. So you might, you might put um, Martin on on the outside tackle. I just don't know who plays that right guard spot. Connor McGovern. But see, he hasn't got any playing time. He did at Penn State. <laughs> this ain't Penn State, brother. Sink or swim. He's better than Joe Looney, then I bet. Uh, yeah. Um. And what was really disappointing was that Ron Leary thing didn't happen. Oh, I love Ron Leary, dude. I that wish, was back I in the wish day. Was, yeah, back one and Doug, Doug Free. Free. What a, a nasty mauler. fucking line! God, those were that was a great. It's line, a long dude. way. From, we're a long ways away from that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you want to give a score prediction? Yeah, like I said, one possession game. I think we're gonna get. I think it's gonna be thirty-one twenty-four. Cowboys. Cowboys. I'm going thirty-one thirty. Cleveland. Ooh, that hurts. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't carry so much anger into this prediction segment, but they've got to prove it. Because, like I said, I've seen this movie over and over again for the last twenty-five years, um, and I just need it. I need it to be proven. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You're gonna, you won't believe it till you see it. Let's let's play smart football. Let's play a complete football game. See, I think in this one, if we like, I said we just we can't keep digging double-digit hole deficits for our team to battle back from. I think we're going to come out strong, and I don't think I don't think we're going to trail in this game. I think I think we're going to carry the lead into the fourth, and then we're going to let Zeke just milk it. Yeah, and you know it might be it might be twenty eight twenty four until we get that last field goal to like just ice the game. You know, and again, you know, if we can get Zeke going, if yeah, if we can get him going, that will help protect the defense because we put together longer drives, keep our defense Which, on the sideline, and just limit their possessions. Which, you know, it sounds ideal, you know, but like I said, in order to do that, you got to get up front early. You can't play from behind because then, because yeah, exactly. You would love to do that. You would love to carry a 10 point lead into the fourth and then let your all pro running back just milk the clock. But when we're down, you know, anywhere from 14 to 19 points in the second half, you have to throw it. Yeah. I hate when people are saying, like, well, you didn't get Zeke going. Well, I'm down three touchdowns. You know, what the fuck do you want me to do? I got to sling the ball. I don't, so I, that don't changes want, our whole I don't want to see Dak having 450 yards anymore. My ideal game is like he's unless like, we're playing the Chiefs and it's necessary. He's he's like eighteen to twenty four for like two sixty. You want those Troy Aikman numbers? It worked. It worked really fucking good. And then I want Zeke having twenty carries for one hundred and twelve yards, and then Pollard, Pollard having about twelve touches for sixty or eighty yards. And CD Lamb nine t- nine catches for two hundred yards because <laughs> he's on my fantasy sixteen team. touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. All right. He's gonna so. get that touchdown. He's had that last yeah. game. He. Week two, he went over 100 yards. He's still waiting on that touchdown. They He's tried to get him really involved good. with like some reverses and stuff. Oh, some of them were just piss poor. None of them really looked like they worked. You know, we were watching the game together on Sunday, and I was bitching about the reverses and the screens. We can't, and I've kind of thought about it, and I was mad and I was upset about them. We can't want this team to be creative for all these years under Garrett, and then when they finally start being creative and it doesn't work, we can't bitch about it. Yeah, you're right. But it's like at least it's, it's got to be the right time, though. It's like it's like going for it on fourth down and fourth and five running up the middle. Like, I like the aggressiveness, but that that's the terrible. wrong play to call. And we, 
we said, you know, keep your offense on the field. Yeah. If, if, so it's like I get you want to be creative, but they ran like that same play like three times. Yeah. Those jet game. sweeps didn't work. Mm-mm. The 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 Seahawks were just doing too good of a job of getting upfield off the yeah, ball I mean, and, and disrupting Adams them. Was looking good until he hurt his groin, but I actually think it helped us when he went out. Of course it did. He's an All Pro safety. Yeah. Or no, excuse me. I think it hurt us when he got. Oh. <laughs> because. He is more. He's more of a free, free flow. He's going to play closer to the line. He has more freedom to kind of roam in that defense. And when he went out, then they had to start going to like more of a two high. Where when he was in, it took away our. They were more. They were playing one, one high, one deep. So when him with him going out, that kind of forced Seattle to go too deep and give take away the middle and then give their outside help. But yeah, I mean, not having him in, I think it. You know, obviously, you know, it's one less weapon, you know, for them to have. But, um, so I had 31-30 Cleveland. You had 31-24 Dallas. Dallas. Um, and that takes us to what are we watching and what are we listening to? Um, I'll go first. I started watching season two of a show called Rami on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Um, and basically it's about... A young Muslim dude and and growing up in New Jersey and he's he's really just trying to find kind of his way in life. He's trying to figure out kind of who he is and how that works with his religion and he's kind of struggling with wanting to be you know a good Muslim, but he's got all these temptations of being the young twenty something, you know, sex and drugs and alcohol and and stuff like that. And they and I finally caught up on season two. Season one was like kind of light you know a lot of funny situations season two got dark it hit on some dark dark heavy stuff um but it was good nonetheless they're 10 episodes each um and there's some touching stuff with dad there's some dad stuff in there that kind of will pull on your heartstrings yeah um but it was just like it's a really good show it's really well done he directs uh rami yusuf who stars as rami it's like um it's like almost like autobiographer, isn't it? Yeah, That's what I heard, yeah, like, sort of. And he won uh, either won a what is it for Emmys. TV? He Emmy. won he won an Emmy for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really good show. I think I think you would dig it. Yeah, um, I've heard an interview with him on NPR, and that's what he described it was. It's really good, and season two touches on, and I'll just kind of I'll kind of like it touches on everything from, um, suicide to him jerking off his best friend in a wheelchair. Ooh. Yeah, it's a wide ranging. I mean, there's a lot of ups, and when they're up, it's really funny. And then they they touched on some dark kind of shit. Got real. Shit too. got real, but it's a really good show. Um, and then I've been listening to um a podcast called The Piketon Massacre. Uh, it's about um a series of murders that all went down on the same day in the same family, like eight members of the same family were found slain in their homes on the same day. Um, and a couple of the houses had children in it and the children were spared, but all the adults, all the adults were killed. And then turns out, uh, the focus starts, uh, or the the attention gets turned to another kind of family, well-known family in the, in the, uh, in the same town. So it's a lot, um, it's like kind of like this Hatfield and McCoy type dynamic that they're playing with. Um, but I think I'm on like episode 10 and they're, I'm caught up now. So I'm having to wait each week for a new one to come out, but it's really good. 
there's a suspicion of like uh, the family that got slain were like drug runners because they owned like a huge farm. And um, it's just a really good story, and I know you like true crime. Yeah, and I'll, I'll show it to you when we when we stop yeah, recording. I'm to that. It's really good, and it's really well done. Um, a lot of detail, um, a lot of interviews with family and investigators and stuff like that. Um, at one point, the family who's uh, under suspicion um, packs up and moves to Alaska at, at, during the investigation. So it's it's kind of got a little bit of everything, but it's it's really good on on National Podcast Day nonetheless or International Podcast Day. So that's a real put some respect on it. Uh, I didn't put enough respect. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's called the Piketon Massacre, but it's really good if any of you guys like true crime. Definitely. So what about you? What are you listening to? What am I listening to or what am I watching? It Either matter? one. It don't matter. I'm gonna go. What am I watching? And yesterday we finally got to finish Toy Story Four. Oh, how was it? It was good, it, wasn't it? It was good. I said, you know, it's not a trilogy, so it's a series. It's a true classic in the ranks with Star Wars, Mad Max, and Police Academy. Just holds up so well. We got the Woody and Bo Peep love story we've all wanted and deserved. What was the guy, the stuntman's name? Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom, dude. Yeah, and I got here. Did you know that the Evil Knievel's family actually filed a lawsuit against like? Disney. Good luck with that. Yeah, because they said that they're using their dad's like likeness and how it's a ripoff of his character. Okay. I said on here, dude, they went out of their way to make sure that he was nothing but Canadian. Everything <laughs> he right. says, like, I don't think we can, or what do you say? I know we Canadian, or, ah, fuck, I don't know. I forgot how he said it, but he was the most Canadian guy, you know, and his, his, his um, owner was like, Pierre or something, like, every memory he had was of this kid, and I don't know, just the whole way that they went about it, like trying and to I'm get him. I'm pretty sure he had like a big maple leaf on his. Yeah, everything was Canadian. His whole his whole tire, like his bike, was like decked out in a Canadian flag. His suit was a maple leaf in the back, and it was like that guy was. They went out of their way to make him Canadian, you know, and everything about him. I think they were just saying, "Oh, he's a stunt man, and he made all these jumps, so maybe that's the likelihood." But so they nobody, don't own. So yeah, nobody so they can... don't. They don't own the rights to being a stunt man. So when I read that, it was kind of like disheartening because it was like Evil Knievel's son. And I know it's a lot of money, but not in like terms of this. They were suing for like $300,000. Seems like with the lawyer fees and everything you got to go through, like, I don't know why you wouldn't just make such a big fuss about it. But yeah, so they were trying to like sue Disney for using their father's likelihood for Duke Kaboom. If he wants 300 grand shit, jump on a motorcycle and get some buses. Go do the work like yeah, your dad man, did. Yeah, put the work in. Pull yourself up from the bootstraps. But that was an awesome movie because where we picked up was when they were just about to rescue Forky. And I thought Gabby, Gabby was going to be like this cold-hearted bitch. Like, no soul, no shred of heart in her. It turns out she just wanted a voice box because she was defected from the very beginning. And she just wanted to share those memories she of having She never had a kids. voice. Yeah, and then she gets turned down by, I think it was Harmony, the um, antique store's granddaughter. And she's just broken-hearted, man. And then Woody comes back for her because Woody's got a heart of gold. And he's like... There's a kid no, for you. No toy and her name, left behind. Yeah, her name's Bonnie, and she's going to love you. So they're getting to the fair, and then they see this little girl that's lost, and they're like, yeah, I think this is my moment. I think this is going to be it. And it happened. You know, they, they're able to, like, she maneuvers down. She sits down. They roll the ball out to get the little girl's attention. She picks it up, pulls her string. She's like, you know, I'm Gabby Gabby. You want to be my friend? And then the little girl, like, goes and finds an adult to talk to, which hooks her up with her parents, and just, like, <clears throat> all works out. And then there's, like, this heart, dude heartwarming moment when like they were saying goodbye at the rv 
and like you know everyone's like saying goodbye to woody and i'm like looking back because i remember when i saw toy story the original in theaters dude i saw it in corsicana because that's where my grandma lived and i saw it with a few of my cousins i remember watching that movie in the movie theaters and now seeing them grown up and i'm sitting next to my own child and i'm seeing woody look at buzz and buzz look at dinosaur and mr potato heads there and slinky and i was like man it's full fucking circle you know and um just like it was a really good movie. Like I said, the all four of them are really solid. And then uh, besides, you know, spoiler alert, Woody stays behind with Bo Peep. They're going to travel right. together. They're going to mm-hmm. get on that carnival circuit. And uh, they really set it up for like a fifth Five, one if they yeah. wanted. Yeah, where they could be like all these new adventures because the stuffed animals stayed with them. Which I didn't check. It has to be that uh, Jesus and Mira. I think one of them is Kevin Hart. Oh, well, okay. Well, I'm I wrong. think. I could be wrong. Or I could be thinking... Uh, you're thinking Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's yeah, like yeah. the cat in that one. So I don't know. I hope so. But yeah, they totally set it up for a fifth one if they want to do it. I'm sure that movie makes a billion dollars when yeah. they put it out. So it's just a cash cow for them. I'm really But waiting. it's really well made. They're not like like Three Ninjas, how they just kick it out. Like, I'll oh, write the fucking script and we'll make it. These are like really well made movies that they put a lot of time into. Not just the p- production of it, but like the story of it. I'm really so waiting good. for that Cars 4. See, we haven't seen any of the cars yet. Dude, I've got and them I on... try to always talk her into it, like, hey, that one looks good. You want to try that one? No, I want to watch this instead. And it's always like, remind me, I've, I've got all, th- I've got, I think all three of them on Blu ray, and I'll just give them to you. So whenever she's ready, or maybe just pop it in and it'll I'm catch ready. her eye. I'll watch it. They're good. Yeah, I'll watch it without her. I'm to the point where I'm about to watch it without her. Cars one and three are really good. Two is good, but one and three are really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, ready, dude. Landry was super into that for the longest time. Yeah, so. we're, st- we're still in the princess phase. She likes Toy Story because she remembers it from Jesse. And I was trying to think, like, who is what princess is named Jesse? Finally, she had to say, like, the girl with the hat. So that's the character she really likes. And then after we watched that, because Claire was teaching yoga, I was like, you know, what do you want to watch now? And it was, it was Elsa. We had to watch Frozen. So we watched, like, the first 45 minutes. And then we then got her down to bed. But anyway, that's what I was watching. I didn't watch many anything else because of all the sports this week. It was, like, a sports-heavy week for me. But got to finish Toy Story four, man. That was great. No, it was really we took uh, we took Landry to see it in the theater, and it was super good. So, what was the first kind of Disney, or what was the first movie you cried in, like as a kid? Because I'll tell you mine, Free Willy. Oh, I when remember. Free Willy jumped over the wall to be free, and you know Michael what's Jackson's his name? playing. Yeah, and he's got his hand <laughs> up, and dude, I bawled <laughs> so hard, man. Hey. I get it. He freed Willie. And I, then the first movie I was ever scared of, and my dad will tell you the story to this day. My dad had no, he wasn't winning any Father of the Year awards. He had no <laughs> business taking me to this movie. But it was Jurassic Park. I saw that in theaters. That's scared the shit. The Velociraptor scene, because that yeah. was going to be my answer. I remember turning around real quick, and it, like, where the projector was, there was a glass wall screen there, and I could see the reflection of it. So I turned around to get away from the Velociraptors. Turn around, and there the fuckers are at the top of the screen on that projector's <laughs> window. My dad would tell the story, like, when the movie started, like, I was in my seat, and then, like, as the movie went on, like, I was getting closer and closer to him, <laughs> and then uh, the part where the T-Rex tears the porta potty up and eats... Eats that dude whole? Yeah. He said, I... He's like, Dad, we're going. And he said, that was all. That was all it took, and I was out. Well, yeah, you just saw a man get eaten alive <laughs> while taking a deuce. Yeah, I remember vividly crying at Free Willy. I remember my, the movie that makes me cry and will always make me cry is Fox and the Hound. Ooh. That yeah. friendship getting torn mm-hmm. apart. Because they were the best of friends. We'll be friends forever, right? 
And then they grow up and it's like, nah, I'm going to hunt you now, Fox. And I'm going like, to eat your ass. Dude, I remember like just, because I, I just wanted to be friends forever. And I remember just, I could probably watch that now. That and the other movie that me and my dad will both cry. We could watch this together over as many beers as we want. But if we if you pop in Rudy. Really? Yeah, dude. He had cheat, he's, he was given no hope. He was told he couldn't do this whole, whole life. because he sucked. Yeah. Well, that's what you thought <laughs> until he made that fucking tackle <laughs> in South Bend, Indiana. He had his best friend die like in a steel mill accident. Yep. He had to work his way up from Holy Cross to get private tutor lessons. I mean, guy had the deck, the deck stacked against him. Made every one of his dreams come true. Speaking of football movies where somebody died, uh, remember the Titans? He didn't die, but Gary Bertier, when he gets in that car wreck. Yeah. That was sad. I need to watch that again. It's I haven't so seen good. That it still that's, holds that's up, That's definitely dude. rewatchable. It holds up. But uh, with that, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, you want to know so, what I'm listening to, bro? Oh, did I skip that? You skipped it. It's not a podcast. I'll oh, be real I'm quick. I'm so sorry. I'm just giving a shout out to one, to my other favorite band, a band called Pontiac. spelled P-O-N-T-I-A-K. Uh, it's actually three brothers. Three brothers from uh, the Blue Ridge area of Virginia. And they started recording, um, recording in producing like their own stuff in their like private studio because that's all they would do and then they finally got signed to a uh, thrill jockey records in like 2007 so they've been around for a while they put out seven albums since 2008 and um once they put out their first eps before they signed with thrill jockey they just so they put out they recorded their own stuff printed out all their cds and then they would tour just every little single nightclub they could get to you know just to make a name for themselves uh they got the deal then after that, they just started releasing albums, like, on average, like, every two or three years. And the best albums, I'll just be real quick, Sea Voids was, uh, I believe, 2008. Echo Ono was, like, 212. Innocent was, like, 2015. And then the next one was Dialect of In- Dialectic of Ignorance was, like, 2017. So what kind of music is it? I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's, like, it's, it's the their latest album, The Dialectic of Ignorance, is almost like a stoner doom metal. Like, it's really heavy. But, like, slow and just really fucking heavy. The other stuff, it's just, like, good. The way they describe it on Spotify is, like, neo-psychedelic rock. Yeah, I hate But those. that's not how I would describe it. I would just say listen to a few of their songs. I know I tried to get Ryan into them, and he bought their Innocence album and then just thought it didn't look right. And instead of listening to it, he just immediately returned it. So just give him a, sh- just give him a he listen. He knows, like... Music you have to listen to. Yeah, right? he was okay. like, he was looking okay. at the album and was like, he's like, I told you it was Pontiac. He's like, yeah, but you know something about it just didn't look oh, right, so he returned okay. it. He so he thought he got the wrong. He thought he had the wrong album, oh, okay, the wrong okay. band, and all this. I thought he like didn't like like the vinyl art or like no. the album cover. And he's no, like, he nah. thought he had the complete wrong one. I was like, yeah, because he should. And I was like, yeah, you had the Innocence album, which is might be my favorite. They have another one called um, Living, and it's one of those CDs where. And I like about their songs is they kind of float one into another with each other, but their living CD was purposely made to go from like track one. I think it's like 10 tracks. You're supposed to listen track one to 10 simultaneously. If you just pick up on a random track, it kind of sounds off because it's supposed to, it flows from beginning to end. It's just one of those weird, rare CDs that from beginning to end, you just listen to it. But also just real quick on Spotify, just, you know how to show like their tick, their, how many song listens they get yeah they only have two songs that have over a hundred thousand listens oh wow the rest of them are in like the tens of thousands and it makes no sense to me and claire claire loves them too and we almost got to see them until um just real quick this was when claire was um nine months pregnant we were gonna go see this show pontiac with the sword and zach sabbath who's zach wild but he plays black sabbath on that on that whole album or on that tour it was gonna be the best fucking show of the year 
Ellie was supposed to be doing like two days from the day of that show, and this would have been the loudest show we've ever been to. And that day of the show, Claire started getting like really bad, um, like rib pain. She thought he like separated a rib, which is scary because she's due to push out a fucking human out of her body, right? In just like two days. So we were thinking like, should we go to this show or should we just cancel? Because this was, like I said, two days before her due date, and um, the pain was just too much for her. Like she had to back out, which really bumped her out because she loves Pontiac as much as I do. And I remember scrambling. I invited Ryan to go with me. Ryan was going to go to that show with me. But then, like, the day got to the show, and I just I just felt like an asshole. Like, my wife is in this yeah. tremendous pain. Yeah. She's due, due to have a baby at any moment. And I'm talking about going to Dallas to see the show, which would have been a great fucking show. But I just, I just had to back out. And I, we, me and Ryan tried to sell the tickets. Couldn't because no one knows who Pontiac is and the sword, you know, is a really good band from Austin. But I, don't I saw think the sword in Denton at Rubber Gloves in a room. It it's not this big, but it seemed about this big. And they're supposed to be considered um, the the heaviest band in the world. That's their title they hold is the heaviest band in the world. It was a gnarly show. Yeah, like, I saw. Them I got before. my ass beat like physic like in the pit because oh. like we were jammed. Like there was like. I don't know. It's not as big as this room, but it was a tiny room. There was like, I hope it's bigger than this room. It's a little ass room. Dude, there was like 200 people like crammed just, into this. And just was, shoulder to shoulder. And we were just beating the hell out of each other. It was a good terrible. show. It was a good show. Yeah. I got to see them once before at uh, Fun 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 Fest in Austin like in 2007. But Zach Wilde playing Zach Sabbath, or yeah, playing Black Sabbath. It would have been a great cool. show, but ended up having to eat the money on that. And me and Claire will still like bitch at Ellie like, yeah, it would have been really cool if we could have gone to that show. It wasn't for you. Yeah. Thanks, Elizabeth. Like, you're the light of my <laughs> life. But I didn't get to see Pontiac. So, anyways, Pontiac should be coming back. They actually played a show in Vancouver with Sleep, which would have been the greatest show I've ever could have been to. But it was in Vancouver, and I live in Texas. So, wasn't meant to be. But, anyways, if anyone wants to check out just good, like, rock and roll music. I don't know how to describe it. It's, rock and roll. It's three brothers. They have a drummer, a bassist, and a guitarist. And they just, like, live together like a bunch of weirdos and write good music. Uh, all right, and on that note, now now we're out. We're good. All right, uh, but before we go, I, I want to mention again, please, if you haven't done it, um, or if this is your first time listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a big help, and thanks to all you guys um, who have done it um, so far. Um, shout out to Superfan Troy. We love you. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Um, and for Matt. Andrew. We're out. <laughs>